Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to another edition of Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're doing S7E8 X's and OMG's. <laughs> Written by Charlie Craig. Directed by Kimberly McCullough. Yeah, I think we were looking forward to this one just because of Charlie Craig's return to the show uh, in season mm-hmm. seven. Um, it's an interesting episode. To be completely honest, I wasn't entirely feeling this episode. I think you've had like a string of powerhouse episodes. And this one I felt like was really setting up the next two. I feel like two big issues this episode. Number one, just the amount of Ezra just like, oh, woe is me stuff. Like I could just do without after a while. You know, there's an even there's an even more serious test than the Ezra test. Mm-hmm. That's just the Ezra test. <laughs> that and just I don't know what the fuck the the Greenwald stuff was in this episode. <laughs> it was so fucking weird. I just don't understand. Like, is this freeform have like market research or something? They're like PLL fans love the Greenwald. <laughs> yeah, Ravenswood that that tanked, but the Greenwald, holy fuck. I, I would I would guess just you know maybe I'm wrong maybe I only see the people who you know think the otherwise but I'm pretty sure most PLL fans are not into the whole supernatural thing and that they like cringe and like you know get frustrated every time it comes up on the show and they're like please God no no supernatural stuff. Well, it makes me wonder: Does Freeform hold its audience from PLL to Dead of Summer? <sighs> Who even knows? Um. Well, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people do because they can check the ratings, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, what? You, I feel like you could have gotten to wherever you needed to be. Dramatically? Han- yeah, yeah. yeah, Hannah was already there before the group yeah. showed up. I mean, unless Hannah is actually a doppelganger child from the evil mirror universe. Or she's just hallucinating the Greenwald the whole time. <laughs> I don't think no con is. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a sort of rough trip to Japan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, let's get it. I mean, there's plenty of stuff I liked about this episode. It's just those two details in particular. It was just like, I could do without some of this. Well, I mean, I, I it was baffling, but I still, I still do like the Grunewald because it's such a head scratcher. Anyway. Uh, so we start off, we're on Rose main street at night. Uh, got this, Groovy, moody music playing as we start the shot, shot of that bell tower. Um, and we crane down over the liars, uh, including Allison, walking down the street behind the church with Spencer leading her troops. Yeah, including up. Allison and Caleb. Yeah, Caleb's there too. They're kind like of coming. Sextet here. Yeah, they're coming from that like street that you know wraps around the church, walking towards it. Spencer's, uh, like I said, catching her troops up. She's like, okay, so we know Nocon stole the Mary Drake file from Toby's Airstream. And Emily's like, how's Yvonne doing? And Spencer's like, not important. No, she <laughs> says... <laughs> She's she's okay. T- T- Toby's going to spend some time with her. Spencer continues, and, and then right after he got that file, he called Doctor Cochran. Uh, Caleb says, "Sounds like Jenna know on the same path that we are." And Allison's like, "Only they're ahead of us." So Emily's well, like, the, well, the power dynamic is interesting here because Spencer is kind of it's like they're in like a six pack. Spencer's walking a little bit ahead though, like she's leading, mm-hmm. but Allie's in the middle, and yeah. so they like she's kind of 
you know, de facto drawing the attention. I mean, it's a little bit of a power play going on. I think no matter what, Allison will always dramatically be a planet that others kind of hover in her gravity. Yeah. Also should be mentioned, this is all like one long shot, like moving down from the church steeple to the street, following the liars for like a good minute or two all in a single take. It's pretty cool. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily's like, who burned us out of the storm cellar? So there's like somebody who didn't want us to know that Mary Drake had a second child. So Arya steps in with AD, stating the obvious. And Hannah's like, no con. You guys, no one's in the middle of everything that's been happening to us. He clearly has more anus than anyone else out there. Nice. <laughs> Spencer uh, smirks at that, yeah. Nice, nice callback. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the game in this scene is to just watch Caleb in the background because he only had that one line. Yeah. Um, and so he just has to react to everyone else. Like, he doesn't get to jump in. He's just, like, smiling at you, like, frowning at that. Yeah. Oh, and a little bit. I think he's thinking, I shouldn't have had that second coffee. I probably should have gone poo mm. back at that place we just left. Really? Yeah, he's got a little bit of a, ooh, my lower abdomen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, continue. It's there. Uh, Spencer, uh, she's like, I wouldn't have put it that way, Hannah. And Emily's like, hold on. Allie, you don't know better than any of us. Which, Finally. Finally, somebody asks her, and she's like, not proud to say it, but you're probably right. I trusted him once, but then I realized he was spying on me for Charlotte, which, which is great and all, but I want to hear about all the times that Allison and Noel hooked up. Yeah, but none of this is real, so, you know. Yeah, but Emily's like, but you had something on him. I mean, from years ago, he had secrets too. And Arya's like, wait, that's right. And Allison just kind of gives Arya a look, and Arya's like, must have been good. Uh, so Allison says... Do you remember that frat party I took you guys to freshman year? I made those fake IDs. And Hannah's like, yeah, all the guys are super drunk. So? And Arya's like, that sorority girl fell down the stairs. And then Arya starts to get it. And Allison just shrugs like, exactly. And Arya's like, oh, my God. But Allison says, she didn't fall. Noel pushed her. Or did he? Scandalous. And so Hannah's like, see? No story of Noel Conan has a happy ending. Well, like in the background, uh, Caleb's like doing his best to look surprised at all this new shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, insert happy ending joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't, don't all stories with Nolcon have a happy ending? I mean, they certainly do for Caleb when he pretends to be a masseuse. <laughs> uh, I'm not actually pretending I've taken classes online for years. That's Toby. Um, so Emily's like, what if you went to Noel now? Threaten to go to the police? Or and Allison's like, no, it's too late. His family paid off the girl's parents years ago. He got away with it. And Spencer's like, yeah, like he does with everything. <laughs> and it's like, exactly why we shouldn't be arguing over Wells, uh, whether Noel's A, A, D, Ure, or whatever. God, I can't believe you guys. And they're like on the side of the street, and Hannah's basically just like, fuck this, and like starts to walk across the street. And the rest of the girls are just kind of like looking at each other like, hmm, pretty dramatic. Uh, so Caleb kind of like gives the girls a little look of chastisement, goes after Hannah. And he's like, you guys. Hey. Yeah. Hey. And Hannah's like, don't. And so Caleb kind of backs off. And Hannah's just like, when are they going to realize that Noel Khan is the one we're after? And Caleb's like, they just want to be certain, okay? And Hannah's just thinking, ah, fuck this. Like, I'm certain. Uh, and Caleb's just like, Mary and Jenna are still out there. And it's just like, oh, come on. How much more proof do we need than the words, I see you, written on the back of our car outside the storm cellar? Those are the exact words written on Ezra's car at Camp Mona. Deep cut. Deep cut, yeah. And Hannah's like, I know, okay, I get it. It's just that. And Hannah's like. Not that he was there on the yeah, show at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna told me. Uh, and Hannah's like, you don't believe me either. And Caleb's just like, look, 
We have to be completely positive before we do anything rash. And Hannah's like, well, I am. And by now, if you're not, I don't know what's going to change your mind. She just spins around to march off. He tries to follow her. He's like, Hannah. Then suddenly, the car comes speeding out of nowhere, you know, right at them. They're watching the approaching headlights. And Kayla's just like, Hannah, look out. And <laughs> pushes Hannah out of the way. And then he does it like deer in the headlights freeze. Yeah, I think my Caleb's working tonight. You're getting, it's a little bit valley. And it's a mm-hmm. little bit, uh, uh, oh, who is the dude from The Simpsons? It's not Snake Plissken, but the the robber guy. I don't know. Like when he's, whenever, whenever he robs Apu, he's always like, goodbye, student loans. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he pushes his hand out of the way, but then he's like caught during the headlights. The car bears down on him and just crunch. Uh, and so Hannah looks up from where she fell and she sees, oh, the car is stopped. And the driver, Noel Kahn. Fuck yeah. Noel Khan has this like post-coital hit and run look on his face, like he needs a cigarette. I wanted to do the uh, like raise the glass. Oh, you know he looks over and flashes like this super sleazy, charming smile at her. He's like so pleased with himself. And then Hannah looks over and sees, oh, Caleb's lying on the pav- pavement, like he's unconscious. He's not moving. Just lets out a big old horror movie scream. Yeah. And then we match cut to her screaming, and she wakes up in bed. Oh, it was all just a dream. And her hair falls out. Or a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> or like her eyes are dilated. Like shit was too real. She's like grabbing her head with both hands. Like she's just losing it here. I I found this this dream sequence to be fascinating and, and hilarious. But I was like kind of glad it was a dream sequence just because of the what more do you need? And then no cock comes <laughs> speeding around the corner. I kind of want, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, I suppose, hotly debated. I almost don't want them to ever reveal what Noel Khan's secret is. Like, isn't it better if you don't know? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, and there's still, there's, this episode is confusing about whatever the the secret mm-hmm. here, the yeah. real, the dream here is. Yeah. Um, so we, we, well, it's we like, met. it's like, like the Joker's origin story, you know, like you don't actually need it. No. Especially the Joker's Jared Leto. Like, I really want somebody to ask Allie about it again for her to just like, Smile like the cat that ate the canary and not say anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hannah wakes up in bed screaming. Um, when she realizes she's awake, she's like holding her head, you know, breathing hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the soundtrack, before we go to credits, we hear the screeching of a car. Very, very subtle, very nice. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, credits. Yeah, Spencer's the Shisher. So, what would it be, Allie next week then? I can't remember. I, I suppose I could look, but. Probably, and then Arya as the hammer. Arya, always the hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in Caleb's room at, at, the, at the rally after the credits. Hannah's shown up in a huff, worried about Caleb's safety after her intense nightmare. Um, did Caleb get this room solely because there was a vacancy? Like, is this Sarah's room? <laughs> yeah, they, like, couldn't, they couldn't, They <laughs> couldn't. Uh, you know, show it or rent it out to anyone else, so he'll take it. He's like, the, you know, the, uh, the room's just okay, but the shower slays. <laughs> And it's like too soon. Uh, so Hannah, he let, he lets her in. He's like perplexed by her frantic concern, and so she's like, she's like adorably worried and glad he's okay. And she's like, so you're fine, really fine? He's like, I'm fine. She's like, really? And he's like, fine. I mean, how much more indication do you need that this girl is in love with you, bro? I mean, she's mostly concerned, though. It's not exactly a romantic situation. I mean, she holds him close, a very unself conscious. Uh, this- 
This is one bout of hand stuff away from something romantic. Hey, these guys are not hand stuff, okay? You can't take that away from Spalem. <laughs> but yeah, so she's holding him close. It's very unselfconscious, like tender embrace. He's a little more reserved, though. And I think after a few beats, Hannah kind of notices this. Mm. And maybe notices like Caleb's getting a bone or two. And pulls back, tries to be not, casual. Did you not get that feeling when they hugged? That she was I just not, like... Your notes did. Yeah. Because <laughs> she, they're hugging real close. And then she has this look on her face like, oh. oh. I, I was like... <laughs> I guess it's the it, morning. <laughs> I was like, is this what it's like when she hugs Lucas? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now Hannah wants to get down to business. She... Turns towards the command center that Caleb's set up there with like three monitors going or whatever. And so she's like, so how's it going over here? And he's like, well, not great. I mean, I'm going over the material that even Spencer took photos of from that lockbox. But everything except for Mary's DNA is in some code that I can't crack. And she's like, yeah, right? He's like, I'm doing my best. And she's like, why DNA? So he has a seat and he's like, your guess is as good as mine. What has Mary been up to? Uh, and she's like, there's been no sign of her at Allison's or the Lost Woods. What about Jenna? Any tapping around that we need to be worried about? And <laughs> as she says this, we look over and see that there's <clears throat> one of the monitors. He's got like all these like security camera feeds up. And he's like, no, she hasn't left her room. And I thought. <laughs> Not since it, that happy ending she got. Yeah. Yeah. She's sleeping it off for days. But like do they have cameras like in her room. I mean, maybe just the hallway. I don't know. I mean, it's more than a little creepy that Caleb is basically Jenna's A right now. Like, he's just, like, constantly surveilling her. Well, and it's funny considering his his origin working for her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So Hannah's like, well, I guess Noel's taking the lead while Jenna practices her flute. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) So he has a good laugh at that. Then he, he grabs his cell phone off his desk, and he's like, hey, speaking of Noel, give me your phone. So she's like suspiciously eyes the phone in his hand and she's like, what's that? He's like, this is your new phone, 100% bug free. I have some for the rest of you guys too. You can't be too careful of Nolan Jen on the prowl. Where does Caleb get all these burner phones? And it's not like these are like shitty flip phones. These are iPhones. Yeah, these are iPhones. It's not exactly cheap. I got Uh, a guy. Yeah. And it's just like, really? I hate breaking in new phones because the girl has priorities. And Caleb's just like, well, Noel has found his way into your dreams. That's close (laughs) enough. Uh, it's a little faulty logic, but sure. Like, Noel can break into your dreams, so he could break, break into your phone. Yeah, Noel Khan just incepting people left and right. That's close enough. Uh, and Hannah finally surrenders her old phone. Caleb takes it, gives her the new one. She's holding the phone. She's making some Hannah face. She's worried about all this. I mean, so this phone has like a tracking device or like reports its location to Caleb or something, right? I mean, this is more than a little sketchy here. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, it's definitely laid a lot of track for Caleb to be A if they wanted to or at least to be up to something. I think think it's very possible if you're looking for like the twist in the Grunewald's prophecy. I'm just going to start calling it prophecy. Why do we need a prophecy? Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, I hope she comes back every episode now. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather have, the Grunwald or, you know what I'm going to say, Pastor Ted? Uh, uh. The Grunwald's like, hey, Are they going to find out what, what's in Pastor Ted's basement? Like, I don't want him to come back and, like, marry Ashley. That's, like, the worst thing ever. It's the same thing that was in Swayze's basement in Donnie Darko. But yeah. uh, the Grunewald's just like, Pastor Ted will never finish his coffee. Mm. 
<laughs> so in Ezra's place, uh, we cut to Arya holding a large empty coffee cup, speaking of which. This is one of those like uh, coffee breaks where Arya just goes nuclear about her problems and Emily just listens. It's and not Arya's that like, large of a coffee cup. Everything is large when you have it. I think it's actually pan. just a normal sized coffee cup. It's just Arya holding it. Yeah. So she's like, I mean, I don't even know why I'm surprised. I did this to myself. I deleted that call from Ezra's phone. And now it's coming back and it's going to bite me in the. And then he's like, Arya. Arya. <laughs> Take a deep breath. It's been proven to prevent explosions in small women. You know, she's been sitting on that for a while. Uh, you can't lock out the darkness, Emily. <laughs> and Arya, she's all business, specifically Ezra business. And she says, Ezra's with the authorities right now. Nicole could be alive, Emily. Emily's like, first off, you can't root for her not to be alive. And Arya's <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, she says that like she just realized that this is true and Femicide. a total drag. Yeah. Femicide rising. And Arya's like, no, no, of course not. And then Pictunia's just like, Yes, you can, Arya. <laughs> She's a threat. Remember what we did to Shauna and Jake and Alex Don't. Mack and her little kid Malcolm? Don't return those thank God Nicole's dead balloons just yet. We Let's might call- still use those candles. Let's call that lieutenant we know in the Navy. Accidents can happen during hostage raids. Wow. Such a tragedy. We can write another book about it. That is a long voicemail from the darkness within Arya. <laughs> Femicide rising too, the quickening. <laughs> I just, what is Sean Connery doing that one? Is he also playing like a Spaniard <laughs> of a sword? Yes. <laughs> I just love how like it just occurred to Arya like, oh, I can't root for her to be dead. Hmm. <laughs> and he's like, and second, you deleted the call for all the right reasons. You're trying to spare Ezra. It's like, yeah, sure. He's like, I lied to him, Emily. And so, of course, that's right when Ezra walks in behind them. And he's doing his best to just look like he is the one with real problems, Emily. Like, he gives Arya this totally petulant, exhausted look. He's like, lie to me about what? He's wearing this big sweater thing. Yeah. Like, if if you liked Mr. Rogers' look, but you thought it's not hipstery or predatory enough... Ezra. It has a little bit of a vibe of like maybe something you don't wear out of the house normally. Like it's a little bit bathrobe-y, even though it's a sweater. Yeah. Do uh, you know what I mean? It looks like that thing that uh, that sweater that they wore in Seinfeld that everyone was allergic to. I'm hip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Arya is like, oh shit, you know, because Ezra's back and now he knows she lied. Uh, so she looks over at Emily. Emily just like shakes her head like that. So Ari's going to come clean. She comes over to Ezra and she says, there's a call on your phone. It said that it was from Nicole. So I picked it up and, and no one answered. So I deleted it. And he's like, you what? Ari's like, it didn't make sense, Ezra. And I didn't want you to get your hopes up. And he just like holds his stomach and like looks all like perturbed. Like this is too much for him. And he's just like, okay, okay. Well, like, how have we not like touched on? I mean, we, we give Keegan out a hard time about Everything, mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> but like, uh, how have we not touch on Ian Harding's hand acting? It he doesn't is do it that of, often. It, this episode is mm-hmm. out of control. I mean, oh. he might as well paint like eyeballs and lips on like his thumb and knuckle and just have it talk sometimes. That's not nice. What if, what if getting, play, getting compared to Leto is never nice? What if role play wise, he just does like an Aria hand pu- or a Pictunia hand puppet? No, no, he's not allowed to use Pictunia. Anyway, Arya's just like, Ezra, 
And Ezra's like, well, uh, guess what? One of the trucks in the aid convoy that Nicole was with spotted near Rebel Compound or something in Columbia. So, and he's like addressing Emily now too. Like he's got to show like both how upset and disappointed he is in Arya. And also like he just, he needs both the ladies to know that he's got a lot on his plate right now. <laughs> and Arya's just like, have they found her? And he just like snickers at her. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, military's uh, going into the jungle in about two hours. And then they don't know what they're going to find. But like the way he, he's such a prick, like the way he's reacting to all this is like, this is horrible for him. Yeah. Not that he's worried about Nicole at all. It's like, this is my pain. Well, yeah, this is, this is my, my law in life, my burden mm-hmm. that I was carrying, these chains I was carrying before I walked in and found out that you had lied to me. Yeah. yeah. Zarya, she's speechless as she ponders all this. He just stares at her like she owes him something. She's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah, me too. Ooh. Vicious, <laughs> loaded with meaning. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Emily's just like, oh, my favorite TV show has gotten a little bit too much. Uh, she's like, okay, um, I think I'm going to leave. So she tries to head to the door. Arya's really feeling just how nasty Ezra can beat her. She's like, um, I guess I'll go too. And it's like she kind of wants Ezra to say otherwise, you know? But instead he's just like dismissive. He's like, I was just going to shower and then I'm going to head back. And Arya's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'll see you. She gives him a tentative hug. That he like begrudgingly accepts, but it, like is not really, you know, it wasn't much of a hug back. It was yeah. like robotic. Over his shoulder, we can see Arya just kind of confused, staring in off into an uncertain future here. And meanwhile, Emily's just chilling over by the door. <laughs> so they hug. Emily and Arya leave. Once they're gone, Ezra, he just stands there. And he lets out this weird, like long, like ridiculous exhale, and he stares up at the ceiling. It's just like, oh my God, feel my man pain. Yeah. And I this is just where I really wonder, like, are they trying to make us think that Ezra is just like a turbo douche right now? Or do they want us to think, wow, I feel bad for Ezra? Because I don't know how you see, watch this scene and feel bad for Ezra. And maybe I'm just bringing my own stuff into it. I'm, you know, constantly with Lucy Hale, I'm really curious, like, what are her intentions? Like, what, where is she coming from, from a lot of the Arya scenes? And same thing with Ian Harding. Like, does he just root for Ezra to be this petulant douchebag? <laughs> is he sometimes just like, the only thing that would make Ezra better if he had a cape and a mustache? Um, fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it seems like it's really a choice to play him like this total entitled dickbag. No. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, he exactly. I think you know it. He was playing an entitled bag of dicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, meanwhile, downstairs. But I mean, you know, this is like, I hope that, you know, anyone, as you grow older and you look back at like this period in your life, this is all the telltale signs. <laughs> the period in your life where uh, you have a, an ex-girlfriend who might be uh, still alive in the jungles. Hey, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Um this is this is the telltale signs of a shitty relationship where your significant other will just be nasty to you because they can because it makes them feel better. Well, like you're gonna get married path. like yesterday, and now like you have to leave. Yeah, but they'll <laughs> do it to you in front of your friend as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So we get a shot from outside the brew, looking in. We see Emily and Allison having a seat by the window, enjoying some coffee together. 
And Allison's like, so has Ezra heard anything else? Has he called Arya? And I'm like, no, Arya's going crazy waiting. Obviously he is too. Um, Sally, this Emerson scene fails Ezra, the Ezra test from the jump. Yeah, you know, Emerson scenes, they really should not fail the Ezra test. That's kind of my problem with this episode is that like half of Emily's plot line is Ezra bullshit. I mean, this episode is, is done in a way where it's like at the start of next week, they could be like, that was all a dream. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Allie's like, yeah, well, I guess it's a big day for all of us. And he's like, what do you mean? And Allison says, I'm going back to Rosewood High School today, back to teaching my class. And the whole audience is like, what fucking time is it right now? <laughs> and he's like, today? I, I know you talked about it, but do you really think now is the time? Or is it like 7 o'clock or something? Well, have to be 7 a.m.? Yeah, and he's like, I mean, are you even ready? Allison says, well, the Welby social worker and Dr. Sullivan gave me a clean bill of health. Dr. Sullivan. Nice name check of Dr. Sullivan. The only other shrink in Rosewood now that they killed Rick. Yeah. <laughs> and Emily's like, that's great, but it's been less than two weeks since Archer Dunhill and Allie cuts her off. She says, stole all my money. Look, Em, I'm broke. I have nothing. And unless Jason comes back from meeting with his forensic accountant in Philadelphia with a truckload of cash, I, I honestly have no choice. I like that they acknowledge for once that one of the liars is broke. Mm-hmm. I guess all those $200 brunches add up. Well, I'm like, I'm like, by the way, you're picking this up, right? Yeah. Also, can I have 20 bucks for gas? You're just like, <laughs> honestly, I should have let Spencer reach for the check. Yeah. <laughs> Their family has money. <laughs> uh, they can't trust the Hastings. Yeah, so we get an awkward silence, and then Allie checks her watch and stands up. She says, it's 20 minutes to the first bell. I should go. So Emily stands too, and Allie's like, wish me luck. And Emily says, you'll be great. And they hug. Hashtag Emerson. And Allie leaves. And then just to piss off, piss off the uh, Emerson chippers, Sabrina swoops right into the tray. Like she well, like, was just waiting on that. All these people who were just like, can't you just let us be happy for one moment? And the and answer Sabrina's is no. Like, no, fuck you. <laughs> well, uh, she's got a little bit of a look on her face because she swoops right in. She's like, is everything okay? And there's something about her expression. Like, I feel like there's at least a hint of jealousy there. Like, it's subtle. It's not like she's totally glaring or anything. But I feel like there's there's something there. So you're dating Emily, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time Emily meets with one of her friends, you probably start off the conversation with, is everything okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emily's like, yeah, I think so. And Sabrina says, I took the liberty of, and she holds up like a little espresso cup to Emily. That makes Emily smile. Emily's like, oh. Sabrina says, how's Allison doing? Emily's like, better than can be expected. And Sabrina says, well, she's lucky to have a good friend like you. A good friend. Friend, right? No. Uh, Sure. I don't know. There's something about the way she says it. I think uh, she's fishing a little. And then behind them, Principal Hackett comes strolling on in. I haven't seen this asshole in a while. Yeah, that's Go, a guy. Goes right up to the breeze at the counter, and he's like, Hi, I called ahead for two dozen pastries. My name is Hackett, in case you've forgotten. <laughs> and the priest gives him, like, two very large, like, pink pastry boxes, and he lifts them up with both arms. And he's like, Thank you. But before you can leave, I'm oh, no. for these. <laughs> yeah. He's just run into his worst nightmare waiting for him at the door. It's Emily Fields. Seriously. He's like, Principal Hackett, hi, how are you? <laughs> the look of pure terror on his face. Yeah. Well, and he's like, Emily Fields, I, I was just thinking about you. And she's like, really, why? And he's like, just a recurring nightmare I have. <laughs> I mean, 
if I remember correctly, the last time we saw him is when the four of them came back to school at one point, and he's just like, you fucked up my life for the last time. Wasn't it basically like, maybe just don't come to school anymore and we'll pass you? Yeah, or something <laughs> We'll like just that. give you diplomas, never think, darken our doorstep again. I think it was like after the New York thing when Allison was alive again. No, it was, um, it was after they got out of the dollhouse. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. He's like, how many times do we have to have this conversation? <laughs> I will seriously just give you a diploma right now if I never have to see you again. And then five years in the future, I give you a job. Uh, he's like, we've got a job opening at the high school. Uh, head swim coach. You got your degree, right? And Emily's like, yeah, uh, one last class, but I'm testing out. Minor detail. Yeah. And he's like, well, then if you're in town permanently, you should think about applying. We would love to have you back. He says with a straight face. That is unless you've already gotten a job somewhere else. And then she says, no, no, well, at the Radley, but um, thanks for letting me know. I'll, I'll definitely think about it. And he's like, <laughs> splendid. I'm going to go kill myself. <laughs> I definitely want to hire a bartender. Yeah. 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 Yeah, your resume is going to be fantastic. <laughs> he says, well, I got to go. Hell hath no fury like my teachers when I forget. Thank God it's Danish day. And he's like, oh. And it's like, bullshit. These are all for you, aren't they? I feel like Hackett hasn't actually been the principal for years. They just <laughs> let him have an office because he's going completely off his rocker. <laughs> Don't principals and- usually shuffle off after like five to seven years? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess it depends on the school. Um yeah, so he leaves, and Emily's just pondering how weird that was. She walks over to the counter, because Sabrina's there now, and Emily says, thank God it's Danish Day. It's pretty catchy. Yeah. Sabrina kind of tilts her head at Emily, admiring her, and she's like, Emily Fields, you surprise me. And Emily's like, how? And Sabrina says, would you really consider staying here to take that job? Emily kind of arches an eyebrow. She's considering it, and she says, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I guess. She smiles. Interesting. What do you... What do you make of that question from Sabrina? Well, I feel like if Sabrina's A, it's like going back to the drawing board on my terrorizing Emily plans. <laughs> I mean, is maybe a little fishing, like how, how committed might you be? Possibly. Or, or maybe a little worried about like Emily and Allie being around each other more. Although, I mean, they're already friends, so. Possibly, but then... You would think that if Sabrina's getting close to Emily and really liking her, that she would be pleased to Emily. Like maybe she's surprised at Emily this this relationship. Yeah, like, yeah. She have some legs. I mean, I think the most obvious reading is that it's kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't just a temporary thing. You know. Yeah. Meanwhile, at Spencer's barn. Uh, she's looking at some stuff on her laptop, like lost in the process, chewing on her thumb, and then she's like, "Ooh, got it!" And she leans back, pleased with the success of her web search. We see that Arya's, you know, waiting there behind her, bated breath, of course, naturally. Or he's like, yeah, and then Spencer's like, the Doctor Croc, the Doctor Cochran that Noel was calling. I checked, uh, I checked over a copy of the Mary Drake file, and I found a mention of the Doctor, the same name that practices in Brookhaven. Which, <laughs> Brookhaven. See that, yeah, see that she has a, a website open for the Doctor E. Cochran. Well, you know, the only good thing about Ezra being such a dick bag in this episode is we get a little more Teen Sparia. Mm-hmm. because she literally like has to like leave Ezra's sight because yeah. she disgusts him so. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we see uh, Dr. E. Cochran here. Arya says, Spence, that file's more than 20 years old. What are the odds of us finding any real information now? Spencer says, they're better than the odds of us getting anything accomplished if we stick around here. Let's go. So she closes her laptop and she bounces out of frame. And of course, Arya has to like wait and like do a little eye roll and like what the fuck hand gesture just to let us all know that she finds this highly irregular. She's like, okay. And she gets her purse and follows Spencer. It should be noted, though. 
this scene, brief as it may be, passes the Ezria test. Mm, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Although our recap of this scene does not. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you, well, you know, by acknowledging the passing or failing of the Ezria test, you have failed the Ezria test. Just like you just failed the game. All right. So cut to bustling hallway at Rosewood High. A bunch of students milling about. We see Allie walks in. Her head is held high. She's smiling at students. She's like back in her like school marm outfit here. Um, and she's like passing people, smiling at her. There's like this one dude who might be sneering at her. He's um, good. Yeah. I mean, he's off to the side. He can't really tell. Um, but yeah, then she kind of pauses because up ahead, like like a student in like a black hoodie with like the hoodie pulled on, like walks across the hallway right into a classroom. And it was like, well, that was weird. Uh, and then she's a little freaked out. Then the bell rings. So she collects herself and puts her smile back on and walks into her class. And inside a classroom, we see the door open. We're kind of looking at Allie as she walks in. She freezes in shock. So we cut to her perspective. We see all the students are wearing black A hoodies. And they all like raise their heads in unison and stare at Allison. And Allie is completely freaked out. That is fucked up. This seems like something that kids would have done on her first day of class, like back when she first got hired, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I feel like this is poor form from these shitty high school kids. Like, they should have done a prank related to her being, like, crazy or just, like, super gullible or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, nothing about, I I imagine, the reported Archer Dunhill fiasco talks about him wearing black hoodies and doing shit like that. So, yeah, this would have been something that would have come up years ago when she first started teaching, I would have thought. But, like... Maybe not years ago. Well, like, whenever she first started teaching. I don't know if it's, like, her first year teaching or what. But well, wouldn't like, it have to be? Yeah, maybe. But, like, also, what the fuck kind of resentment do these kids have against their teacher? Yeah, these fucking kids. This, this is a prank that requires resources. I mean, I don't think that all of these kids happen to have black hoodies. I mean, you got to get everyone in the class on board with this dumbass prank. Eh, it's like, what, 10 bucks at Walmart? So, it's a lot of people to get on board. Yeah. Uh, so, after the commercial, we hear some retching, and there's Allison on her knees in the bathroom stall, throwing up in the toilet. Good times. Well, this is a really interesting cut here, because it's like, oh, there's Allie just holding her hair, puking. Yep. And then we just hear Emily's voice talking as we like cut to Emily and Allie like meeting in the park in the town square. And Emily says, so how was your first day of school? And Allison's just like, usual pranks. And it's such like a matter of fact cut. Like it makes it seem like the puking is just like, well, this is just a part of your life now. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of depressing how, how quickly it cuts away. Well, the, the like Via Doloroso, like the cross that Allison seemingly always carries with her. Um, Fuck, like, yeah, I just, this drove me nuts. And like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I thought this was a dream. And it's like, apparently not. No, yeah. <laughs> this is fact. This is fucked up fact. Uh, yeah, Emily's like, at least you've already been teaching there. It's not like it was your first time back, like, decide to take a job out of the blue or something, which is almost Aria-esque, Emily, uh, turning it back to yourself. Well, Allie uh, sniffs that out immediately. <laughs> she's like, okay, how about we skip the part where I try and figure out what's going on and you just tell me? <laughs> And he's like, I'm thinking about applying for a coaching job at the high school, and I was wondering how you'd feel about me being there with you. And Allison's like, I'm fine with it. And Emily's like, really? And Allison's like, yeah, in fact, I love it. Um, Emily seems like surprised by this, or like she's also waiting for a shoe to drop, and Allison's confused by Emily's reaction. And she's like, why? What? Did you want me to say that I don't want you to? And Emily's like, no, no, not at all. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even sure I want to do it. 
And Allison says, it doesn't hurt to apply. And he's like, no, you're right. And it's you know, funny how things turn out here. And Allison's like, five years ago, who would have thought we'd both end up back at RHS? And then we kind of like half snorts, half sighs of agreement. Uh, then her phone, you know, starts ringing. She pulls it out, checks it. Um, she's like, it's Aria. And she reads the text. Doesn't seem like the best night to spend at Ezra's. Mind if I bunk with you at Ed- Lucas's loft? God damn, Aria. It's like you've got a sixth sense to box out Emerson. It's like it's like somewhere, you know, across town. She's like, oh, wait, I feel something. Let me insert some Ezra bullshit into your Emerson scene. <laughs> I'm not even there, but I can interrupt it. Allison's like, there goes your sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Allison's like, Em, what Aria did with Ezra's phone, it's not your fault. And I was like, no, I'm not so sure. Even if I did did get her into this mess, maybe there's a way I can get her out of it. And Allison's poor, like, as long as you don't have to talk to Ezra. <laughs> poor Emily. She's got three love interests in this episode, and she still gets saddled with Ezra's stuff for like half of it. Yeah. Uh, so speak of the devil, or one of them. We're going to cut to doctor's office where Team Sparia march in like they own the place. Mm-hmm. Spencer's really doing her best, like, responsible adult act here. She's got a big, friendly smile on her face. She walks up to this nurse to con her, and she's like, hello. Hi. Um, we're here to see Dr. Cochran. We're the ones who called earlier. And uh, just then, like, a female doctor approaches uh, from behind them. She's like, overheard this, and this is Dr. Cochran. And she says, how can I help you? Dr. Cochran, by the way, played by a TV Spray Graydon. You have probably seen her in something. She's her IMDb is expansive. Yeah. yeah. So Spencer's a little surprised because this doctor seems a little young. And Spencer's like, oh, um, sorry, we were looking for a Dr. Cochran who would have worked at this address about 20 or so years ago. And the doctor kind of blanches, a little annoyed at this. And Dr. Cochran says, that would have been my father. And Arya says, did he used to practice here? And the doctor says he did. He was an OBGYN. He lost his license years ago. And Ari and Spencer kind of shoot glances at each other. And the doctor says, look, I really have to get back to work. She tries to escape, but Spencer's not done with her yet. And she says, I'm so sorry, doctor, please. Is there any way that we can get in touch with your father? We, we just need to ask him a couple questions. And you can tell uh, Dr. Crocker is not pleased with the subjects of her father here. And she kind of steps forward a little, get into Spencer's face. She says, look, I don't know where my father is. I haven't spoken to him in years. So Spencer kind of chills a little, and Dr. Cochran says, you two seem nice enough. Are you in some kind of trouble? And Arya goes, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and like, there's this beat where like Spencer kind of realizes hilariously what kind of doctor they're talking to and like what the assumption is. And Spencer's like, oh, no, uh, sorry, no. Not that kind of trouble, no. <laughs> And Dr. Cochran says, hmm, then take my advice. Wherever my father is, it's where he belongs. Don't go looking for him. And she gives him like a stern nod and walks off. And Ari seems confused as to what to do next. But Spencer just seems like annoyed. It's like the same old shit here. I really think they should have had Spencer like make Arya pretend to be pregnant or something. So Arya could like go distract this doctor while Spencer sneaks around hunting for clues. That would have been fun. How far would you go with that? All the way. All the way? I think uh, all the way to um, what's it Stirrups? called? Ultrasound. Okay. Yeah. Well, because then, then <laughs> she's like, whole... "Miss, you're not pregnant." And Arya's <laughs> like, "Are you sure?" She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> she's like, "I am almost a novelist, ma'am." <laughs> Check again. Well, then there would be something where I don't know how, but there'd be like the ultrasound photograph 
of nothing, obviously. Arya's like, maybe it was a food baby. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting real hangry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that ultrasound photograph would be found in Arya's purse by Ezra. who would be like, oh, oh my yeah. God, I'm going to be a dad again. <laughs> it's a boy. Wait, is it my boy? You made me love him. Oh, I would anything for another hashtag of now the father too. Uh, so Ezra and Emily talk on the next day. They're sitting at the table in Ezra's kitchen, and poor Ezra just seems so annoyed to be having this conversation. He's just like, Emily, I appreciate you coming. I really do. And I believe you when you say it was your idea to delete the call. And Emily's like, good, thank you. And but that like, doesn't change the fact that she still did. And more I, importantly, <laughs> I still get to act like the victim here. I I like your Ezra impression. It's not totally accurate to the reading of the scene, but... I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, somebody pointed out... It is completely thing, accurate. That you're basically doing the uh, that Family Guy clip about the uh, uh, working on the novel. Oh, thank God I don't watch Family Guy. Which is fitting, because it's Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he gets up, you know, uh, put his plate in the sink or something. Like, he was eating a sandwich the whole time she was explaining this to her. <laughs> Angrily eating a sandwich and glaring at her, I'm sure, yeah. He's like, do you mind I'm trying to eat my sandwich here? Uh, no, uh, she's like, can you blame her? And he's like, uh, yeah, a little. And she's like, she was scared. He's like, of Nicole coming back? Of losing you. Look, Ezra, I know what you're going through. And he's like, do you? Yes, Ezra. She literally knows exactly what it's like yeah, to, reminder, to, for Emily's someone she loves to go missing. <laughs> Emily's girlfriend was murdered back in season two. Allison was presumed dead and missing for many years. Emily's like, okay, okay. I don't know, but I can imagine. No, wait, I don't have to. It's happened to me three fucking times. Whoa. And she's actually reached out to this shithole for help afterwards. Mm-hmm. Some of us have real problems, Emily. Back when he was spying on all of them to write a book. Yeah. But she's like, okay, okay, I don't know, but I can imagine. And the possibility of Nicole being alive, it seems like it changes everything. But don't let it change everything. He's like, like? And I was like, like the fact that you and Arya love each other for some reason. That you proposed to her less than a week ago. And he just does this hand grief acting. He's got to steal a spotlight back. He's got to, like, he's literally grabbing the scenery from the air Mm -hmm. so he can devour it like he's going to, like, the most succulent apple. He's like, I hear you. I really do. Um, I I really need to think this through. And I, quite frankly, haven't had time to even. And his phone starts ringing. He's like, I'm sorry. I need to take this. Uh, He goes over and answers the call. And he's like, hello? Uh, Yeah, this is he. Really? Uh, How many hours did they reach the camp? And he's like listening intently in the background. And he's like, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, this is one of the things that annoys me about this episode. Like, why is Emily getting saddled with this plotline? Like, she could be having scenes with Paige right now, mm. or Sabrina, or Allison, or just doing anything else other than, like, why Why does she keep having to bear the load of this Ezria drama? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. I mean, this is, this is, like, selfless to the point where she should be diagnosed with something. Yeah. So back to Luke's loft. Hannah is doing some fashion work. She's making detailed sketches of some outfit ideas there. And as she draws, like her shoulder's getting kind of sore, so she rubs it. And then she kind of like pulls, a, she's wearing a hoodie, and she kind of pulls the hoodie half off and looks behind her because there's a mirror behind her. And she's kind of looking in the mirror to see, like there's still marks from where she got the uh, cattle prod in the back. Like she, she can see him in the mirror. It's still pretty raw. Uh, and then she starts uh, kind of 
having these PTSD, like inverted negative trauma flashback memories, you know, it's just like these quick cuts to her being tortured from 701 and hear her screaming like, no, 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 please, no. Uh, and then suddenly she comes out of it, you know, back present day. She's feeling kind of woozy and awful. Then there's a knock at the door. Also, you know? her tank top says nap enthusiast. On yes. It. You can't really read it here, but you'll see it later. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah's curious who could be at the door. So she opens the door and she's surprised because it's the fucking Grudewald. Oh, shit. Hannah appropriately freaks the fuck out. The Grudewald's just like, goodness, Hannah, you like you, you look like you've seen a ghost. And soundtracks like creepy scare chord, like really drive home, you know, like, oh, no, like Hannah poops herself. Oh, a side of Hannah face. Yeah. Mm. There's like a weird, deep, but like with a touch of sing song to the Grunewald. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg Foster is so interesting in this role. She just, I mean, I, I like Meg Foster. I don't know why the Grunewald is in this episode. I mean, yeah, even if you, I feel like anyone out there, even if you don't like the Grunewald as a character or concept, the Meg Foster is fascinating in her, her eyes. Her eyes. Special effect. Frightening, yeah. Um, so after the commercial, Grunewald's like still on the hallway, and Hannah's like, Mrs. Grunewald, what are you doing here? So asks the audience. And with that, the Grunewald takes an opportunity to step inside, and she's like, are you alone, my dear? And Hannah's like, yeah, Ari and Emily are out, but... And Grunewald's like, I mean, are you alone? That's awfully personal, Grunewald. Yeah. This only weirds Hannah out even more. And she's like, Caleb and I are... She kind of trails off, and the Grunewald, Grunewald like senses something. And so instead of looking at Hannah, she like looks over at this mirror nearby that Hannah was just looking in. Mm-hmm. And like, it's this really, really weird bit where we see just the reflection of Hannah. We don't see a reflection of the Grunewald just because the angle's wrong for it. Mm-hmm. And the Grunewald just starts walking over towards the mirror, uh, like, it, like ignoring, you know, what Hannah's saying. And Hannah's just like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be rude, but what are you doing here? Well, Seriously. It, it, the reflection is it's, you see Hannah face towards the Grunewald. So it's yeah. like Hannah almost in profile. Yeah. Yeah, Grunewald's just like, I had a dream. Hannah's like, what happened in it? And finally, Grunewald looks back to face Hannah, and she says, I've never considered the content of dreams to be important. It's the impressions they leave that affect me. That's dreams. That's everyone. That's Mm -hmm. dreams. (laughs) And Hannah says, impressions? And Mrs. Grunewald is just like, hmm, well, in this case, the dream left me quite unsettled. The strong sense, or the sense was strong enough that I felt compelled to come here. And Hannah's just like, the sense of what? Any sense of male butt? Uh, <laughs> and Grunewald's just like, a darkness around you and Caleb. And Hannah's just like, gulp. Uh, and Grunewald's just like, are the two of you all right? And just a big old heavy sigh from Hannah. Like, what new fresh hell does she have to deal with? I think I prefer you doing the Grunewald to Ezra. Because, like, I don't know how I feel about that. Embedded in it is this hatred that's, you know, because obviously you're not very good at hiding your emotions. This hatred at doing the Grunewald. Interesting. Yeah. So, meanwhile, in Spencer's barn, we see. Oh, what, do you, what do you think of this mirror shot? What's going on here? This is some Twin Peaks fucking shit right here. Um, I don't it's, know. I don't know if we're like we're sp- like we're, this is the thing where they want us to be so hung up on the implications and trying to untangle all the twists that could be with the whole yeah. mirror motif. Is it just a misdirect? Um, well, like, wouldn't it make so much more sense if somebody just like paid the Grunwald to come freak the shit out of Hannah? Yeah. Well, like, and and to like do something where it's like 
Krunholtz always taking cash to do this shit, <laughs> much like the psychic kid from uh, the yeah. doll hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or the the weird lady who made the bead necklaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Meanwhile, in Spencer's barn, we see her laptop there, and kind of Spencer reflected in the black mirror. Uh, and then Spencer hits a button and turns the screen on. We see, like, she's got an email up. Uh, it's, like, from some realtor talking about, like, office space for Veronica. I guess Spencer's, like, you know, in charge of that transition committee or something to find Veronica just, some office space. Are they still on this cruise? <laughs> it's a long victory cruise, yeah. <laughs> Peter Hayseen, his victory cruises are just a month minimum. Month long, mm-hmm. back and now at sea. He's just like honestly, I I cruise harder than L. Ron Hubbard. Um, International waters, Spence. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, like uh, this is what your constituents want to hear. You won the election, and you immediately took a month long cruise. Seriously, I mean, is this is there any sort of clue here, or is this? I don't know. I just does the email that, mean anything? I I don't know. I just yeah. think it's telling you the future of the Hastings potentially. But like mm, okay. her email address is just Spencer at VeronicaHastings.com. Um, so her phone rings. She answers it. She's like, this is Spencer Hastings. We see that on the other end is Dr. Cochran, the uh, spray graden, Dr. Cochran. And uh, she's like, this is Dr. Cochran. Remember me? Well, spoiler, there's going to be two Dr. Cochrans. Yeah. Uh, so we see her straight I just call the other one Cochran because his license was revoked. Not bad. Um, we see her like straight through her office, which has been trashed. And Spencer's like, yeah, of course. And so Dr. Hargarn is actually really angry. And she's standing by this like fucked up file cabinet. And she's like, <laughs> I'm the person whose office you had someone ransack last night. And she's just like, um, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And Dr. Hargarn's like, stop it. All right. You and your little friend came to see me. I didn't give you what you wanted. So you sent someone back here to break in and find it for you. Your little friend. Say hello to Spencer's little friend. <laughs> Well, and Spencer's just listening, like, okay, I'm just going to see where this goes. Yeah. And Cochran's like, but he didn't find it, did he? Spencer's like, no. <laughs> like, she's just playing along, like, I'll just pretend that I sent our henchman to ransack your place. And Dr. Cochran's like, well, guess what? I can't afford to have your guy come back here again, so get a pen. She's like, a pen? And Dr. Cochran says, write down this address. And Spencer's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, well... She kind of scrambles over to her purse, grabs a pen. She's like down on her knees now, ready to write on her hand. She's like, okay. And the doctor says, 431 Evangeline Highway. It's an apartment complex outside of town. It's a real pit. You should feel right at home. And Spencer's you know, dutifully writing it's all down. She's like, and what is this? what's at this address? And Dr. Cochran says, my father. At least he was the last time the police called me about him. And here's a hint. You want to talk? You better bring a bottle of whiskey. And Spencer's just dutifully writing this down. Whiskey. Got it. I think she actually wrote whiskey in her hand. Oh, she definitely did, yeah. And <laughs> she's so happy about this. Meanwhile, the lady on the other side it basically thinks Spencer's some kind of like mob boss. Well, like, if Dr. Cochran's view was accurate, mm-hmm. Spencer and Aria are basically like Cohen brothers thugs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the doctor's like, so there, I gave you what you wanted. Now, please, call us your dogs and don't bother me again. And Spencer's like, I, I promise I would not click. <laughs> it's like, oh, well. Like, is this Spencer's origin story to becoming a supervillain? Yes. She's like, huh, that went surprisingly easy. Well, like, at first I thought, how ballsy would it have been if Spencer actually did break into the, her office last night? Because <laughs> um, I wanted her to, well, when Dr. Cochran's like, and he didn't find what he was looking for, did he? I want Spencer to be like, what makes you think it was a he? <laughs> Yeah, so then she texts Arya and texts Arya, looks like no con, just did us a favor. 
<laughs> and then she kind of turns off her phone and just ruminates for a while, like, oh, this is my life now. Yeah, yeah. The taking credit for a B and E she didn't commit, maybe wishes that she had. It's giving her new leads to follow. Well, not and not just the fact is that it's okay with her. Yeah, not just the fact that it's a B and E, but it's like specifically intimidation. You know, mm-hmm. like shaking somebody down. The only thing that could top this is if Jenna had had to start paying the liars protection money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in our town now, bitch. So then later, Hannah has taken the Grunewald to the Radley Lounge to talk further. And Hannah's just like, Caleb and I, we're definitely not all right. None of us are. And she does like the uh, the Arya move, looks over her shoulder, and then leans in closer. Hannah says, someone's been trying to hurt us. I need I need to pause for a minute just to talk about... they. Hannah got dressed, mm-hmm. took this woman out of town to this this lobby bar hotel lobby bar to have a relaxing drink and have this weird conversation mm-hmm. she's wearing a red jacket that looks like it's made out of hugh hefner's pajamas she's i wearing, would call that closer to like champagne but sure okay champagne she's wearing the most aria shirt ever it's just made up of a bunch of growly tiger faces yeah it's badass um sorry continue <laughs> the grunwald says do you know who that someone is? And Hannah's like, I think so. But the others aren't quite so sure. And Miss Grunwald's like, oh, by any chance, does that person have a connection with this hotel? Who doesn't at this point? Yeah, really. And Hannah's just like, yeah, yeah, he's staying here. He attacked Allison. He kidnapped me. And someone just died in this hotel. And Grunwald's just like, many people have died here, Hannah, before it became a hotel. And Hannah's just thinking, like, geez, you're a major bummer, lady. And Grunwald just kind of sighs but continues, and she's just like, their pain radiates through these walls. Their cries of anguish still echo. Do you hear them? No. (laughs) Hannah kind of looks over, sees a reflection in, like, a nearby mirror, again with the mirrors. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, no. And Grunwald's just like, you're lucky. It's deafening. So when she asked Hannah if she hears also hears the cries of anguish that still echo, wouldn't it be great if the bride pride party then came in? <laughs> Round two, yeah. <laughs> this party's still going. Yeah. Greenwald's just really playing to the hilt like she is hashtag haunted here. Uh, and <laughs> Hannah's just like, okay, thanks for making me feel worse. Well, it's uh, interesting that she has no scenes of Caleb since since Ravenswood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess they probably wouldn't want to go there. I mean, um, unless, you know, Caleb actually died in Ravenswood. This oh, is his evil doppelganger. Now, my new theory on Caleb is that he gets uh, diagnosed with testicular cancer. <laughs> really? Well, there's those uh, photos of him in the hospital with, like, the like the little tubes going into his nose. So, straight up cancer. You're going right to cancer. Well, why not? What if he got testicular torsion first mm. which led to the cancer diagnosis like the doctor was just like caleb i'm glad you came in we're gonna untwist these but uh your balls are just a nightmare right it uh so meanwhile in ali's classroom she picks up a worn dog-eared copy of winter's tale by shakespeare which she's apparently inflicting on her class here uh i thought you would like to know that uh the winter's tale is Debatably, the first uh, publication to have dildos in it. Why, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you get a kick out of that. 
on, on Allison's character, like the subtle life of Allison De Laurentiis on message. Mm-hmm. So Ali, she's walking to the front of class. She's like, two things she's going to steal back from Archer Dunhill, Shakespeare <laughs> and dildos. Ali says, in Winter's Tale, we're prompted to consider what happens to someone when those around them incorrectly conclude that they are immoral, unworthy, or outright, outright liars. Uh, so what happens to someone's character when they're wrongfully accused? And these like sullen millennial students of hers have no response to this. Like if I was Allie and my teach, remember my students pulled a prank on me like this, I would not just be teaching Shakespeare. I would be ruining these kids' lives with like an avalanche of homework and pop quizzes right now. I'd be like, fuck all of you. I would, I would be starting with Shakespeare and each question would be geared towards like, Oh, really, Duncan? That's why you think that? Is that why your dad left? Yeah, your dad left. No, you, you, you can't beef down with kids. You just have to overwhelm them with the, you know stuff they can't defend against, like homework. Ugh. At least that's how I do it. Oh, uh, so, you'd be an interesting teacher. Mm-hmm. Allie says, well, Queen Hermione, she wasn't without fault, but she suffered for a sin she didn't commit. So why would her husband, or anyone else for that matter, put her through that? What did Shakespeare observe in human nature that rings true today? It's like it's like Allison's also questioning the powers that be, the liars. <laughs> On the, the nose. The yeah. Yeah. And then some long-haired punk in the back. He's not really a punk, but I mean, he's, he's a bitch. Uh, he's got some opinions. And he says that some people like to troll other people. And, you know, if there's one scene that could use Ezra, I think it's this one. Just, like, put this douche in his place. Ezra just barges in, rebuttoning his vest. And he's like, listen, you, you, you YouTube commenter. Right now, the military is going through the jungle of Columbia. I can't finish. My hand's just trembling. Sorry. Yeah. Allie says, I'd like to think that the bard had something deeper in mind. And this kid's just like, but that's what's going on in the story, isn't it? Allie's like, no, not really. <laughs> She's like, look, trolling isn't some magical word that excuses me you for being an asshole. Uh, no. Uh, student says, the king's ragging on his wife because she slept around on him. And Allie's like, but she didn't. That's the point. And he's like, whatever. If you're the king or the queen, the people look up to you, you can say or do whatever you want. Get away with it. I feel like this is like turned into some weird parable about like bullying famous people on Twitter now. <laughs> you know? Like this, this kid's making the uh, they're famous. They should just deal with it. Kind of uh, response. Yeah, he's 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 five exchanges away from shitting on Taylor Swift. Yeah, and Ali says until your lines catch up with you, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Ali should Ali should just be like, fuck you. Uh, she's looking at him, just thinking like, hmm, wonder where I'm gonna have to bury your body. She's like, you're not even the first like person I've had to bury this school year. <laughs> But then she's interrupted by the intercom. Intercom says, Miss De Laurentiis, please report to the principal's office. Miss De Laurentiis, please report to the principal's office. And all the students are just kind of laughing and snickering now. What the fuck? These kids are fucked up. What kind of clown cheese operation is Rosewood High running? Like, way to undermine your teachers. Well, they wouldn't wouldn't do that. They would call you. No, I mean, yeah, normally. Or, Or considering that Hackett's office is seemingly like next door. He'd just peek in or he'd wait till Allie's done well, yeah. teaching her class. You'd, you'd think that they would have a, some idea of what a teacher is teaching. Like, is yeah. it a fucking emergency? You know? yeah. Apparently not. Yeah. So then we're going to go back to Radley and Grunewald's just like, I apologize if my coming here has disturbed you. 
And Hannah's just like, you're a bit late for that. No. Uh, she says, you say you feel this darkness around us? And Grunewald's just like, I wanted to warn you that you're in danger, but I see that you already know that. And Hannah's like, so why are you here then? No. Uh, but Hannah says, but from who? And Grunewald like, kind of leans in closer for effect, and she says, all I know is the source of the threat against you is close. And we kind of get you know, Hannah's reaction. We see in the background, over Hannah's shoulder, oh, shit, it's Noel Khan. Oh, yeah. Classic Noel Khan. Well, he's like scoping out some pastries in a very sinister fashion. Greenwald's just like, very close. And Hannah looks over, sees Noel there, and she's just like, ah, fuck it. She finishes her wine and then just smashes the glass on the ground, on the I, like, right on the other side of her chair. Like, I, Yeah, I fucking love this. This is like one of my favorite Hannah moves. <laughs> Um, and, of course, this gets Noel's attention. Yeah. He struts over, and uh, how, how do you describe him here? He's wearing a Fonzie leather jacket and is oozing rotten bad boy machismo sleaze. I mean, this is a strut Yeah, as he saunters on over. Well, uh, he's, well it's he, like Hannah breaking a glass made Noel think, like, oh, I should go talk to old Hannah Marin. Well, it's like before he gets that pastry, he's just been given the deed that shows that he owns this room, and now he's going to work it. <laughs> Uh, so he, yeah, so he, he leans over the back of that couch facing her, just throwing his very presence in her face. He says, hello, Hannah. Taking any country drives lately? <laughs> so what do you think he's referencing there? I'm going to – I guess my first thought was uh, her and Spencer like redigging up Archer Dunhill. Hmm. Okay. I guess – my thought was that it was a misdirect and he could he was actually talking about like maybe when they went to Amish country. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Um, Hannah doesn't say anything. She's even more freaked out now. I mean, obviously she's thinking about her kidnapping. I mean, the promise of the problem, the problem with Rosewood is everything is fucking country. <laughs> yeah. So then the groom all leads, leans in, she grabs Hannah's hand and it like causes some sort of like psychic orgasm where it's like suddenly she's like channeling something like Grunewald starts like very intensely focusing on, on Noel Khan here. She's like staring into his soul. Mm. And then Hannah kind of like gets what Grunewald's like implying here. Like, Oh shit, Noel Khan. Like you think he's the one he's the danger. So Hannah starts having more like PTSD flashbacks when we're kidnapping. Like is the Grunewald experiencing these flashbacks too or something? Is there like a psychic connection? Yeah. I don't like, know. What the I fuck really, is going on here? I, I really wonder. I mean, I, I immediately took that. Based on the Grunewald's reaction, this is confirmation to Hannah that Noel is, uh, how do I put it, Night Vision Man. Night Man. Um, yeah, because Santa is having flashbacks of you know her being tortured, her screaming, uh, like present back in present day. Noel just like looks over at Hannah, like, "What? I ask you a question." Yeah, and Hannah's just like making more like you know stunned Hannah face, and it's like more of her screaming please. She's pounding on walls. The night vision guy is torturing her. And the Grunewald just keeps staring at Noel like really intently. He's like totally baffled right right now. Uh, like because these bitches are fucking weird. But it gets and, better. Yeah, because then the Grunewald's nose starts to bleed. And she just keeps staring down Noel while like dripping blood out of her nose. <laughs> and Hannah sees that and is like, oh shit. And Noel sees it and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Noel's just like freaks. And he just like walks off. Noel Khan out. Noel Khan doesn't have time for this weirdness. He's like, I came over and asked you a question, and this bitch just started staring at me and bleeding. Rude. Yeah. And we just get mega, like, or Grunewald just kind of finally leans back as though she's, like, surprised this happened and kind of, like, carefully wipes the blood away. 
And we just get some mega Hannah face like on overdrive right now. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is this even supposed to mean? I feel like they needed to like up Hannah's dramatic state or something. Uh, what like I, we're, what I, we're bringing the witch lady and freak her out some more. I I can assume that like once it was decided in the writer's room, okay, we're bringing the Groomwall back. Like literally everyone's coming back for season seven. I feel like the, the note was make it fucking weird. Balls <laughs> to the wall weird. <laughs> well, it's all seems to be in service of really psyching Hannah up to go do something rash again. Yeah. Which didn't we see this like 10 episodes ago? Yeah. Where she got all psyched up and she had a plan of her own. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, this is probably a good place because we forgot to mention in our last episode. Uh, I don't remember the character's first name, but th- I'm curious when you get back to the high school stuff, how do they work in the the new high school bully? You mean Addison Derringer? Addison How do you Derringer. forget that name? I remember the Derringer. And I was mm-hmm. like, she has some kind of ridiculous, almost like Aria-esque you know, Aria would approve first name. It's possibly the same character from the Christmas episode, like the young oh, like yeah, mini yeah. alley. It might be the same character, maybe not, yeah. Which I think would be, I don't know if, <laughs> I almost said, I don't know if the timeline will check out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take a shot. Um, As if that's important, yeah. But I uh, <laughs> I was like, that would be fascinating. Um, if, especially if she's going to be some kind of anchor for like a season eight PLL, the new class thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like the new bully. It's like Allison, like take her under her wing. You shall be my instrument, and <laughs> I shall proclaim you, to- you Darth Vader. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we fade in on Principal Hackett in his office. He's on the phone, and he's saying, "Oh, sounds good. Thank you. Bye bye." And oh, this, up. Okay, this is absolutely. By the way, the old set for Ezra's office and Byron's office at Hollis. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, so he weighs Allie in. Allie's kind of hesitant and comes inside as he hangs up. And he's like, please, uh, sit. So she does. She takes a chair across from him. And he puts on like a very Mr. Rogers smile that's at least 10% creepy. And he's have, like. Have this little chat with me while your students sit in your classroom unsupervised. Yeah. And he <laughs> says, so how are you doing being back here at school? And Allie's like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. I'd be better if my boss didn't step on my dick by calling me on the intercom in front of the whole class. Yeah. Thanks for really undermining my authority. You know, I, I'm the youngest teacher here. It's hard enough for me to get these kids to behave, and thanks for treating me like one of them. So I, I'm just pretty much fucked on the tenure, right? Mm-hmm. Just fucked because of you? You shit? I could file a lawsuit. I'm just saying. He's just like, I'll make you and your little friends pay. And he's like, actually, I'm collecting you. I'm trying to get you all to work here. That's my weird thing. Why would you have Aria teach? Well, I guess Ali's kind of Ali's teaching English, so yeah, art maybe. Yeah, photography Photography. (laughs) because they teach photography at high school. Um, And I was like, I'm teaching fashion classes at the local (laughs) high school. I hate my life. (laughs) Yeah. So Hackett says, I heard about the shenanigans in your class yesterday, and the whole audience is like, Oh, that was real. What? Uh, he says, I'm so sorry that the students put you through that. It amazes me how cruel teenagers can be sometimes. But then again, who am I talking to? Yeah. Allie's <laughs> working mightily not to just eye roll at this. And he says, must have been extremely unsettling. <laughs> like, did he plan this? Yeah. Uh, Allie's like, nothing I can't handle. Well, it's hey, like not very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. He just nods patronizingly and then he leans back. He's got to get to what he really called her in for. He says, be that as it may. 
I, I feel the need to ask you if you're absolutely sure that you've made the right choice in returning so quickly. And Allie's like, I am. And he says, Allison, Mrs. Ugh, Ms. And Allie's just like, Dillerentis. And Hackett's like, even the strongest person would hesitate to rush back into things so quickly after enduring what you've been through. Now, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to support whatever decision you make. But uh, I want you to be sure that you know there's no shame in taking all the necessary time to heal. This is where Allie just needs to be like, give me more PTO. Like, yeah. you seem like a pushover. Pay me more, I won't show up. Yeah. I can do this job from home. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to come in. Uh, and Allie's kind of reading between the lines here. But then a secretary knocks on his door. A secretary says, excuse me, Principal Hackett, but the career counselor needs a student's file for last-minute letter of recommendation. And Hackett's like, oh, go ahead. So the secretary comes in, and the camera kind of very pointedly lingers on the secretary as she walks over to this filing cabinet in the foreground. And Allie's taking an interest because uh, we see this drawer that she opens is labeled Class of 2017. And then we see wheels are turning in Allie's head now. And she's barely even given Hackett a second thought anymore. Hackett's like, so as I was saying. Well, I really thought, okay, she's going to get that little shits like file. She's <laughs> like, fuck with it. Maybe That's, she will. That was my first thought, yeah. Yeah. And Hackett's like, so what was I was saying? And Allie just cuts him off. She says, I made the right decision coming back here. I think this place will provide just what I need to speed my recovery. And she gives him just some classic, like, low-key, bitchy Allie smile here. His phone rings again. And uh, then Allie just goes right back to scoping out those filing cabinets. One of the lower drawers is marked Class of 2012. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely relevant to Allie's interest because I guess that is their graduating class. So Hackett answers the phone. He's like, Hackett, splendid. Thank you. He hangs up again, and she just gives him another bitchy smile. I got to say, hooray for the uh, return of scheming Allie here. Yeah. Like, how long has it been since we've even seen Allie, like, get, deploy this expression before? You know, yeah. like, the, you know, cat who ate the canary kind of like, it's like, oh, it's smart, clever Allie. Like, Sasha hasn't gotten to deploy this since, like, season five. A, uh, a girl must slide on a face that she has not worn for many a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nice also, to see. Hackett's word is splendid. Splendid. Yeah. Creep. So then we go back to Lucas's just loft. Go out into your normal life and find a, a use for the word splendid and just see how people look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucas's loft, by the way. He should, he should get Lucas to teach something there. I mean, talk about getting Screech back at Bayside. Oh, God. What would Lucas teach? Like computers? Typing? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, Lucas, have a seat. It turns out the students know more than you. I don't know what the fuck I hired you for. <laughs> I guess your money. Um, oh, have you seen the theory that Lucas isn't actually rich? Do we talk about that? No, but I like that theory. That sounds that he's, good. Uh, he's gasping. Ca- kind of catfishing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, because he's a dunce. Well, I don't know. I don't know what like stock Caleb owns then, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. What the, where the fuck has my money been going? <laughs> Hannah, I'm broke. I'm taken in by confidence, man. Which is Worst of I'm, all, it was fucking Lucas. Which is why. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that Lucas lost Caleb's Seriously. money. <laughs> but uh, wouldn't it be great if they all had jobs at Rosewood High before the end of the year? Like, that's some real Buffy Season 7 shit. Um, mm. So, yeah, back at Lucas's loft, Arya comes in to join a lawyer meetup about to begin. Spencer's like, okay, Hannah, we're all here. What's the emergency? So the girls are all indeed there, Allie included. 
Arya takes a seat with, seat with Spencer on the one side of the L-shaped couch because this is a Team Sparia heavy episode. Emerson's on the other side. Yeah, Emerson's on the other side. Hannah's pacing back and forth, addressing them. And Hannah goes right into, I had a nightmare that Caleb was run over by a car, but he's okay. And then the Grunwald showed up and told me he's not okay. And then Noel Khan showed up and made the Grunwald's head explode. And Arya's just like, what the fuck? And she <laughs> says Hilarious to face from Arya, yeah. Well, Arya, who would not like let a zinger pass by, says to the other group, says to the rest of the group, to be fair, that does sound like an emergency. But um bum bum So Spencer's like, okay, can you go over that again more slowly? And what exactly are you saying? And, and Hannah's like, duh, that no con is AD. Spencer and Arya remain dubious. Uh, and Hannah's like, you guys, I told you last night, he stole Mary Drake's file, he hurt Yvonne, he called Dr. Cochran, and I was like, wait, we weren't even together last night. And I was like, no, we were in my dream. Catch up. Got and, some judgy eyebrows from Arya there. Yeah. Like, come on, Arya, she's your total. You should know this. Yeah, you should have been dreaming the same dream. Mm-hmm. Duh. Uh, and Hannah's like, you guys, he burned us out of the storm cellar and he wrote on that window. He probably killed Sarah, and we know he's bad because way back when he pushed that sorority girl down the stairs. So Allison's only reaction to this is a big sigh, some Michaela Maroney face, but she doesn't say that's not true. I choose to believe that this is not Noel Kahn's secret. Like, I think Ali sees nothing to gain from correcting Hannah here, probably because it was either her or Cece who pushed the girl down the stairs. Yeah. So she's like, the her expression is just like, hmm, you know, like not saying anything. I mean, it's, well, it's neither a conf- confirmation nor a denial. I mean, it's very inscrutable, uh, which is nice to see from Ali because. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can say a lot of things about Alison DeLaurentis, but she's not a uh, well-actually girl. Um, Emily's like, Hannah, what about Sarah telling me we're looking for the same thing you are? I mean, she in general working with Noel. And Hannah's like, to find Charlotte's killer. And that still leaves room for Noel Khan to be AD. So she's like, and what about the storm seller? Hannah's like, he's the only one who'd write, I see you. Spencer shrugs, like maybe because we all know well, Noel that, Khan loves his callbacks. I love the maybe there, like this, like maybe. Like I feel like this is this is me. Whenever uh, we get like a random like theoretical guest tweeted at us, yeah, you know, it's like what if Spencer did to the Laurentis kid? It's like maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hannah says no, you guys, and he's like, what about Caleb? How's he doing on breaking the code in the files? And Hannah's just like, not great, Emily. Uh, she's like, but. What does that matter anyway? You guys are never going to realize that Noel is the one behind everything. And he's like, never say never. And Hannah's just like, oh, thanks, Pam. <laughs> oh, that is just savage. Do you want to talk about your notes here? My notes just have the uh, URL to Wikipedia's list of burn centers in the United States. <laughs> are you updating that one in Rosa, Pennsylvania? Oh, somebody should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Pam. And Haley's just like, hey. <laughs> It's cold-blooded. Uh, and it's like, what else is there to look into? Nothing. Right at dead end. And Spencer's like, no, not exactly. And she looks at Arya and she says, Arya and I have a doctor's appointment to go to. Which, like, out of context, it's just such a weird line. <laughs> what if, yeah, what if the end of the show was Ezra dies, like, mm-hmm. horrifically, like, in mm-hmm. a, like, just a violent, yeah. violent accident. I see it. I see it. Uh, like, like, something like his hands are tied to horses and they all march in a different direction. You know, his limbs are tied to horses. Uh, and then Spencer and Arnie has an adopt-a-baby together. 
Uh, but yeah, Ari has this adorable, like, matter of fact look on her face. And she comes to Hannah, like, yeah, Hannah, in your fucking face. We have a uh, appointment. Have we mentioned yet that Spencer's wearing a sweater with, like, the shoulders cut out? Yeah. It's, like, specifically designed so that you could still be cold while wearing the sweater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, cut to the doctor's appointment. Uh, Team Sparia, they're outside of a door in the super seedy hallway. Like, in the background, there's, there's like, a couch, like, in the hallway. And also one of those, like, kind of, like, cloth canvas, like, folding chairs. Like, the kind you'd use outdoor, <laughs> outdoors, you know. It's just there for people to sit in. This place this, is gross. This whole place is a toilet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Spence knocks on the door and Holtz from Angel answers. I, I don't think it'll shock anyone to hear that we fucking hated Holtz. Oh, I hated Holtz so much. Like, Holtz <laughs> was the shark that Angel jumped <laughs> And tripped uh, over and strangled to death by. Yeah, this God. guy's his hair is all disheveled. He's wearing like this frumpy sweater and t-shirt. He's he's like trying really hard to look menacing to them, but I think he just comes off like a pathetic old man. Is he is he the Dark Knight too? Is he the guy? Which guy? Is he the uh um I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. You're gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna have to try to just enjoy it a little bit more. Is he that guy? I don't think so. I can look that up. I don't think it is. Yeah, I looked it up for a second. I'm just okay. curious if he it was in that. So yeah, frumpy sweater, t-shirt, trying hard to look menacing. He comes off as pathetic old man. He sounds like he's like gargled with an ashtray right before answering the door. And Spencer's like, Dr. Cochran? And he's just like, what's it to you? <laughs> in this moment, Arya's like staring directly out of the screen and into our souls. Um, yeah, she's looking right at the camera. I love it. <laughs> Spencer's like, uh, we were hoping that we could ask you a few questions about your time at Radley. And he just stares at them. And she's like, and a patient named Mary Drake. And so at the mention of Mary Drake, he like hauls off to like slam the door. But it's frozen in place when like magic, that bottle of gray sack whiskey appears in Arya's hand and held out an offering to him. Well, it's just like, voila. Yeah. There's <laughs> whiskey in Arya's hand suddenly. She's holding it out to him. So uh, he slowly like edges the door back open. Now licking his lips. Yeah. Uh, Oh, she the shisher him, knows every man's weakness. Yeah, she gives him a head tilt and some eyebrows. You would think that she's tempting Smeagol with the one ring here. Mm-hmm. So we kind of inside as he like shuffles into the shitty apartment. It is him. Wow, okay. Yeah. So the uh, In the dark night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's got a big coffee mug. You know, the girls are already waiting on the on this like dingy mustard yellow vinyl couch, which, good God, wipe that thing down, ladies. Oh, I know. Uh, I hope Spencer like brought like uh, like like in her purse, she's got like a little bottle of Windex. Maybe yeah. like some bleach or something. Bleach. It's like a little spray bottle. It's like so, squeak, 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 wipe down. Arya's holding on to that bottle and he's like, I don't often get a visit from such a pretty couple of girls. <laughs> so Spencer like shoots Arya a skeeved out look. He takes the bottle from her and Arya's like, I'm shocked. Also, can you see Arya's shoes in this scene? Uh, I'm sure in some shot I can't. Oh, yeah, there we go. They're nuts. They're, They're like uh, black and white checked high heels, yeah. Yeah, like a zebra chessboard of <laughs> shoes. Um, so he takes a seat in the easy chair, crops, and then pours some whiskey in the coffee mug. People kept asking us, like, what is the the puzzle undone in front of him? I think it's a uh, Edward Hopper, but I can't be positive. Um, and he's like, I mean, uh, uh, every couple of months maybe if I save enough from Social Security – Call one of those escort services. And so Spencer's like, like, hey. <laughs> well, I love she shoots this like concerned look over at Arya. Like, how dare you scandalize the purity of this innocent fair maiden I have brought with me? <laughs> Who's holding the bottle of whiskey? Yeah. And, and then Spencer says. 
curb the perv or the bottle walks. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fantastic. So he, uh, yeah, already makes it disgusted, like, face, you know, refusing to look at him. So he's well, sarcastic. Well, it's like, such is the suffering that Arya shall endure. You know? Yeah. Which I was just reminded when they went to the uh, the burner apartment, and she's just like, when she say, like, I took a number two. <laughs> I gave it to the landlord. Um, so he sarcastically raises his mug and, like, a cheers and, like, drinks. Uh, Spencer clears his throat as this dude leans back and sighs, letting the booze wash over him. And he's like, it's been a long time since I thought about Mary Drake. She was a pretty one. <laughs> oh, God. Well, like, how many patients did this guy have? He definitely remembers Mary Drake. Yeah. Then he met twice. Twice. Um, so Spencer's like, well, what else can you tell us about her? And he's like, she lacked common sense and discrimination. That seems pretty sure. <laughs> well, this guy is like appropriately repulsive yet uh, like erudite, you know? Yeah, yeah. Common sense and discrimination. Well, he was a doctor. <laughs> and she glares at Ari's just like, how so? And he takes another belt of whiskey from his mug and he's just like, back in the day. I was the on-call doctor Radley, the uh, sanitarium, not the wine and cheese bar they turned it into. <laughs> well, let me t- let me tell you. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it kept me pretty busy. Patients weren't treated very well, and that created problems. And he drinks again, and like suddenly, like his happy mood kind of vanishes, and he's like staring into his cup, like he's having nom flashbacks or something. Like you just kind of realize, like what like a horrible like train wreck of humanity he is. Yeah. But then he like tries to put a happy spin on it again. He's just like. My job was to make the problems go away. Spencer's like, problems like babies. And he's like, babies that were born and that someone wanted not to be born. And Spencer's transfixed by this. And Arya's like, so Mary? And he's like, oh, yeah, I dealt with two of her babies. Spencer says, first one is a C-section, right? And he says, boy, I gave you to Mary's sister, Jessica. And Arya kind of looks over at Spencer and she's like, Charlotte. And then he's like, what's that? You want me to tell a story or not? <laughs> so Spencer and the Shisher are chastened by this touchy asshole here and shut up. And he drinks some more and it's just like, several years later, damned if Mary didn't get in trouble again. Flashback. We flash back to like the Nick in 1900. It's like the old nurse walks away from a window and like, or I'm sorry, from a, a woman in a birthing harness. She's like holding a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's a dark and stormy night outside. There's barely any lights on anywhere. But I mean, isn't this basically what Riley's always been? I mean, like, remember like Mona and her nurse's outfit? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't even see Mary's face here. You just see like some legs like splayed out in stirrups. Yeah. And Cochran voicing over it says, that baby was a fighter, underweight but tenacious. Does this nurse look familiar to you? I couldn't place her. Okay. Maybe something about the face. Uh, and so we see this nurse. She carries a newborn over to like a mysterious man in a trench coat and fedora. <laughs> Remember, this is like the mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this guy takes the child, young newborn, and Cochran says, I don't remember if it was a boy or a girl. It's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously, you remember everything else, but you can't remember a boy or girl? All right, he says, as was the custom then, it was put in temporary custody of county family services. So... The, the problems that people didn't want he made go away was basically just to take these problems to county family services. Uh, maybe doctor some records. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I thought, okay, it was just going to be some kind of nasty, like, abortion woe tale. 
But no, he just drove the babies. Well, he does. He does that sometimes too. It sounds like. Yeah. 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 When he wants to unwind, I guess. Um, yeah. So he he drinks some more as a liar is trying to process this new nonsense with end the flashback. And Ari's like, so. What happened to the child after that? He's like, not my problem. At least it wasn't then. Spencer's so like, meaning? And he puts the mug down and sighs. I, I really want Ari to be like, so why were they all dressed like that? Was it Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, he puts the mug down and sighs. He wants them to know this is a drag. Uh, he's like, society changed. Rules happened. Eventually, my ability to solve problems became a liability. And Radley let me go. Soon after that, I lost my license. And Mary, or, uh, Spencer Mary. says, and Mary Drake. Um, and Cochran's like, haven't heard her name since then till you showed up. Keep buying me whiskey and, and I'll come up with something else to talk about. <laughs> this guy's disgusting. So Aria rolls her eyes and looks at Spencer and they kind of nod in agreement. Like this source is tapped out. Spencer's like, thank you. They both stand. And then he's just like, hey, if you see my daughter again, Tell her something for me, will you? And Spencer's like, sure. He's like, tell her that she can run from me in our history all she wants. She can even pretend she's someone completely different. But in the end, she's going to want that family more than anything. You can't deny human nature. You always return to family in the end. I feel like you should just end like laughing maniacally here, you know? Well, yeah, they're both radically creeped out. But uh, but I, I want Spencer to be like, bro. I hope that this is a thematic meta statement because I'm literally never going to see you, your daughter, or your weird family dynamic again. I only came here to hear about Mary's lovers. Um, Spencer's like, if I go to your daughter again, she's probably going to piss her pants. She's terrified of me. I mean, like, you know, if you're if you're a TV viewer looking for twists, my first thought was like, oh, shit. What if the other Dr. Cochran is actually the child, but, you know, too old? Uh, so speaking of which, I saw an interesting theory online that uh, posited that Spencer – is not the secret child. Spencer is acting all weird in this episode because she secretly actually did have Toby's baby and didn't tell anyone about it and put it up for adoption. Oh, shit. And that wow. she's, you know, regretting the family she didn't start this whole time. Oh. So, interesting. I don't know if they'll go there or not, but something to ponder. Um, also, well, that, just, that just ruined my night. Yeah, there's a, a Spovy baby out there. I want to hear Grunewald talk about that. Yeah. There's a well, Spoby baby out there to ruin your happiness. You know, you hate to ask, but like, where are all these Radley girls getting pregnant? Like, who, who are, who's getting these girls pregnant? Enter Ren. I, don't know. I mean, I I guess you're you're hoping it's just like the male patients, you know, like there's a lot of fraternization or something. Yeah. Well, we, and we know it, there was male and female patients, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so, you know who we need to come back and give us that insight. Mona, Eddie Lamb, Eddie Lamb. There we go. Yeah, not Bethany Young. Not ever Bethany Young. I don't think Bethany Young matters. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, PLL Sherlock. I just well, don't think she does. I remember then didn't we once upon a time be like I don't think Sarah Harvey actually matters. Yeah, and then well, hey, hey, and then she fancy want Bethany Young to come back just. Are you sure? Remember what <laughs> happened the last time you wanted to learn more about a character? I don't know. I just I don't think there's any other story. She was just like a weird, crazy girl. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think we're missing any relevant information. Like she killed Marion because she was like crazy person. Yeah. And that that's it. Poor Charlotte. Mm-hmm. 
so back at Rosewood High, the hallways clearing as some as Emily clearing up students as Emily rounds the corner. Looks like school is out. We are also passing a flyer for family fun night, which is almost upon us. Uh, Emily's walking down the hall like doofus principal Hackett comes out of the classroom, gets a big dumb grin on his face when he sees her. And he's just like, well, two days in a row. To what do I owe this splendid pleasure? And she's like, I uh, thought I'd, I'd apply for that coaching position. Um, well, so wish- Emily's outfit here. Yeah. Uh, it's like a loose white top that laces up in the front. But her the laces are undone and just hanging loose. So you can totally see like a lot of her bra. This is what she wears to go job searching, apparently. This shirt, you know other than looking fantastic on Shea Mitchell, mm-hmm. is what I imagine like knights would wear under their armor. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not saying it's a bad shirt or anything. I'm just like, like job hunting? I don't know. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's anything works with Hackett. I don't know why, but he seems to love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, what a coincidence. I was just uh, interviewing another candidate. Actually, I believe you two were classmates. And lovers. <laughs> and walk out Paige McCullers from the classroom. Pause or applause. Um, Paige smiles at Hackett, but then when she turns to see Emily, she's shocked. So is Emily. And Emily's like, Paige. Um, Paige eventually recovers enough to put on a happy face. Emily's, I think, a little weirded out and surprised at first, but I think she's actually pleased. Uh, a little. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know Emily can do better than this job, so that means Paige can certainly do better, right? I have some thoughts about that, yeah. Because uh, okay. uh, after commercial... It's the Apple Rose Grill. It's evening, and we kind of pan up and look through the window. Emily's taking Paige to dinner. At least she didn't take her to the Radley, too. She's like, trust me, they caught me. I mean, yeah. The uh, I feel like you go to the brew with friends or okay. family. You go to the Apple Rose Grill, like, as lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, so a waitress drops off the, the bill to table. Uh, who do you want to be here? Uh, I guess it'll be Emily. Okay. Emily to the waitress says, thank you. So, were you a little surprised to see me at school today? Yeah, a little. <laughs> okay, a lot. Yeah, both smile. Good surprised or bad surprised? Good. Yeah. I mean, how long has it been? Two years? More like three. When we were living together at Stanford, that little place in College Terrace. And we kind of wistfully chuckles at that and she says, it's where my dad died. It was a tough time. I was a mess. It's all I could think about. I was the reason we broke up. Hey, as good as things were between us when we were when they were right, there's no guarantee it would have lasted. Something else could have just as easily come up. Yeah, like what? Your page shakes her head, questioning sigh. She's she's got nothing. Come on, I just took the hit for the whole relationship crashing. I had my own rough patch. I was pretty focused on making it to the Olympics. Look at this one upper. Uh, and Emily says, "I remember." Well, then I had a little car accident, tore up my knee pretty badly. It healed, maybe ninety percent back to where it was. That last 10%, that was going to be the Olympics. Now it's gone for good. I'm so sorry. Well, we both ran into some bumps in the road. Me, literally. But here we are, better than ever. And Paige holds up her glass, and they clink together and drink. And he says, so why are you bothering with Rosewood High? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of D1 colleges that would love to have you on their staff. I have a couple applications in, but when this job came up, I figured, what the hell? Yeah, me, me too. Emily kind of can't help but grin. Paige laughs with her. Made the best woman win. Yeah, cheers. Clink glasses again. I think we're going to need more wine. I agree. They take another drink each. They're smiling at each other. The vibe is like just on the edge of romance. You know, maybe maybe it's just friendly. Maybe there's something more there. 
Um, so my take on this scene, I don't think Paige is just in town for this job. Do you think she's in town for Emily? At least partly. Hmm. She's obviously overqualified. We're going to see some stuff later. I don't know. I mean, her vibe in this scene is like awkward running into the X vibe. Whereas yeah. I feel like Emily is a little more at peace with things. Like I feel like with Emily, it's more just just a friend thing. I don't know. I don't think it's like super awkward. Though. Not not super awkward, but there's a little bit there. I wish awkward times in my life had been as comfortable as this. <laughs> um, but Paige isn't exactly so far a scene in like a quarter of this episode, <laughs> and I fucking love her because this is a Paige who is not worn down or constantly obsessed with like. Emily, what Emily's doing to her. Like she's, seems like she's, I mean, who knows what the five years has has entailed for her, but it seems like she's happy. I don't know. I I don't get quite that vibe, at least when you contextualize it with the last scene in the episode. Well, I feel like there's, there's something lurking with Paige. Old habits die hard. Uh, So cuts to the halls of Rosen High at night. Uh, Nice slow angle shot of a janitor rolling the floor polisher down the hall away from us. As he gets into the hall, Allie's soft slipper shoes enter the foreground, sneaking up behind. Um, the janitor turns the corner, and we pan to Allie, like, looking around quickly before moving into Hackett's office door. She tries to handle its lock. So Allison, like, shows that long-lost ingenuity, uses a credit card to Jimmy the Latch and let herself in. I love that she doesn't try to pick the lock like Spencer would. She just goes the classic credit card. Mm-hmm. Old um, classic. Yeah, so inside, Allie drifts over to the filing cabinet, uses her phone as a flashlight, uh, peep that drawer for class of 2012. She opens up, searches for some files. She walks her finger over some random names, including Lisa Cochran, PLL line producer. No relation to Dr. Cochran. I, I, I don't think that the Lisa Cochran here has anything to do with anything. It's just the PLL line producer's name. Yeah. We certainly it's hope Chris not. Kavanaugh all over again. You know? Yeah. We certainly hope not. Um, finally, she comes to No Cons file. There's like one other name that you can make out, but I didn't recognize it right away. But come to No Cons file. Allison pulls it out, takes a look. Inside, there's just a single sheet of paper of a big black block letter writing on it. I warned you, bitches. Do you really want to end up dead? <laughs> Allie just like stares in disbelief, but then you hear like loud thwack somewhere nearby outside the office. So she quickly has to shut the drawer, uh, the drawer and uh, duck under Hackett's desk. In the background, you see the janitor approaching outside. Janitor enters, comes over and puts like a new trash can right next to the desk and then leaves. And the camera finally pans over to show us like where Allie went. Allie's hiding under Hackett's desk, like where the chair would go. And she's got an old cons fake file in her hand, and she waits. She hears the door shut again, and she sighs in relief. Uh, man, it's great to see Allie actually doing some shit and acting smart. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they're we're seeing facial expressions on Sasha we haven't seen in two years. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it feels like. She's suddenly she's like cagey and clever again. There's like intelligence behind her eyes. There's calculation. I where think the, where has this been? You know, I think the problem has it, it's been her storylines, but it's also been at times like these like shares. You know, like you need Spencer being yeah yeah her ingenuity. You need occasionally Ari, occasionally Hannah. Hannah really gets into that cloak and dagger shit with Spencer. Well, uh, Ali in the flashbacks, Ali always knew more than the liars. Yeah, she was always so mysterious and had other stuff going on. And then when she got back, it was like she somehow knew less than all the liars. Yeah, especially well, I, in season six. Yeah, when she first came back, it was fascinating because they had all had, it was like a social thing. They had all moved yeah. on. They had connections that she didn't. But yeah, then it just became something something worse. I just 
would love if that secretary came into Hackett's office to do like another one of those uh, recommendation letters. And she's just like, oh, yeah, for uh, the convoy. She, <laughs> she opens up that file before the liars see it. And she thinks that this is just like Hackett's files. Like, oh, shit. Well, like what happens if uh, if a guessed wrong and like Allie never went for Noel's file? Like I say, like, this, if, like somebody else found this like, before. Like, years from now, a random clerk is like digitizing the archives. They're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm terrified of Principal Hackett. I mean, first it was his smile, mm-hmm. and now his files. Oh, boy. So, um, alas, we-, we must cut back to Cas- Casa Ezria. Uh, this mopey son of a bitch, Ezra, he's watching the news network uh, NWN and their report on the search for missing volunteers in Colombia. I wish we could make out the DVDs that Ezra has on his shelf. Oh. It's like probably like all three Hangover movies. Oh, Enhance, Yeah. <laughs> All three hangover movies. That's that is the worst. <laughs> that right there. He's like, I like to think of it as one long movie, <laughs> kind of like Lord of the Rings. I feel like the only worst deal breaker would be like the entire collected works of Seth Rogen. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah. TV newsman and you know voicing over is saying after years of searching and unresolved questions, a joint operation between local police and Colombian government forces has been able to successfully locate the site of a previously secret rebel camp. And Ezra's leaning forward all tense like he's watching The Bachelor here. Uh, I mean, like, they're not just going to announce this shit on live TV, right? No. Like, they would notify him before it hit the press. Well, it's not like this is, like, the like Chilean miners. <laughs> like, on, on screen, it's like this helicopter shot of, like, the jungle. So it's, like, the same river. Yeah. They just keep cutting to it at different times, yeah. Uh, and then in the background, you see... Uh, Aria enter uh, TV guy says this camp has long been suspected of holding foreign aid workers hostage some for years and Aria kind of comes over to the side of the couch and news reporter guy says there's been no comment from the Colombian government regarding whether or not the hostages are still alive but they promise to release the latest as they have it and to establish a hotline for loved ones to reach if any and then click uh, Ezra he looks over at Aria like she's intruding or something and just turns off the TV like ugh. You're here. And Ari's just like, God, it's incredible, the news. And he does this move where he very slowly stands up like he's just the weariest motherfucker who's ever lived. Like, he's just all subdued, like, oh, my God, like, just pity me. My life is so hard. And he's just like, yeah, it's kind of killing me not knowing. Mm-hmm. And Ari's just like, you should go. And Which, so I've been waiting all my life for Ari to say those three little words. To ask you should get out of this fucking house. Yeah, no. Uh, he looks over and kind of gives her this questioning eye narrow, like what an absurd thing to say. And Ari's just like. He's giving her the eye narrow. Yes. She's like, in fact, and she pulls out a folded piece of paper from her purse and she says, I got you a ticket. The flight leaves tomorrow morning. I'll take you to the airport. And he takes a ticket and stares at her. He's like, you, you didn't have to do this. And Ari's like, yeah, I did. I cashed in our tickets to Italy. He's like, huh, I uh, I don't know what to say. And Ari's like, well, hopefully once you get there, you will. <sighs> God, this asshole does not deserve you, Arya. Oh, that's like, true. Always. It's, it's mind-blowing that like somehow Arya is more ready to get married than he is. Yeah. Like Arya is, is already thinking like longer term, you know, like I'm going to bite the bullet here. And yet he's still just being a petulant bitch. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't yeah. talk about it, but somebody had tweeted us that they were right about the whole 
name taking situation. He would take her last name, but like shorten it to Mont. Ezra Mont. Ezra Mont. Oh god. Or Ezra Fitzmont. <laughs> Ezra Mount. Ooh, too close to Ezra Pound. Uh, so, meanwhile, in a scene that does pass the Ezra test, Until now. I think we just failed it. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the gang is meeting up in Lucas's loft, and you know, if Lucas is a like, they have had so many powwows in like mm-hmm. this bug department. Uh, Allie's They're like just giving him everything. I know. Allie showed the the rest of them the note she found in Noel's file, and it well, was just, so that would be great. The only reason I would be okay with that is because then Lucas, who would probably flunk every other part of his evil explaining monologue, would be like, "You guys have given me everything, so in a way, you guys are a." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Emily says, you think Noel wrote it? Wrote it? And Ali says, I don't know what to think anymore. And Spencer says, well, whoever AD is, they're still one step ahead of us. Meanwhile, by the way, Hannah's doing a massive eye roll over on the uh, right side of the frame there. It's really funny. Uh, and Emily says, uh, not necessarily. And Ali says, you got to the doctors first. Spencer's like, yeah. And I'll let you know how helpful that was after I look into every county child care employee from the 90s. She kind of flaps her arms in frustration and goes to like get her like uh, ice mocha or whatever from the coffee table. And he says, well, maybe it's time we go to the police and just say it's Noel. And Allie and uh, Emily kind of follow Spencer over to the table. But Hannah goes to take a look, another look at this note from Noel's file here. And we kind of hear the girls talking in the background, but we stay focused on Hannah here. Hannah's like becoming more and more resolute in some decision she's making in her head right now. We hear Allie say, and Toby hasn't left yet. And that Detective Fury seems reasonable. LOL. <laughs> Reasonable. And Spencer says, what happens if we're wrong? And Allison says, AD fries us. That's what happens. Spencer's like, exactly. And then we get some more, you know, jump cut flashbacks to Hannah's torture from 701 again in that barn. Uh, the water hose, cattle prod, Hannah gasping and screaming, stop. No, 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 no. Um, getting shocked some more by that cattle prod. And then back to Hannah's resolute face. We heard like her cries are echoing back to the present. And we hear Hannah kind of, you know, voiceover say, please don't do it. Please don't. Ah. And with that, like a decision has finally been made. Hannah kind of bounces right out of the room. And Emily's just like, Hannah? And Hannah just ghosted, didn't even look back. And the others just kind of like sigh, like, well, shit. <laughs> so then we go outside on the street. Where's Arya sleeping when she's there? Because Emily's got the couch. Uh, I guess she's just sleeping she, in the bed she, of Hannah because they're think, one person. Yeah, she shares a bed with Hannah. They just merge back into one one body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So outside in the street, yeah, Hannah's on her phone talking to someone we don't hear. And she's like, the deal's on. I get you the money. You give me the keys tonight. And then you forget you ever heard from me. My name, the location, this number, all of it. Do you understand? Do you understand? Good. The less you know about this, the better. And then she hangs up and walks off. So who the is hell this, is she talking to? Is this what every conversation of Hannah's like? Yeah. You give me the coffee, and then you forget why I order this location, my face. Yeah, um, yeah. Seriously, who the fuck is she talking to? Well, from, she's not- from the dialogue, I don't think this could be like Mona or Lucas because it's I don't. It's not someone who knows her well. Well, yeah, because how could they ever forget her? But yeah. uh, could it be Miles Corwin? Yes, yes. <laughs> He's like, you'd be surprised. Most of my business comes from like young women in Rosewood. <laughs> I I also make problems go away, but I do in a lot less sleazy manner. 
So yeah. I mean, it, it would seem to be someone who doesn't know her that well. Not someone she's not on regular terms with. I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll just never even see this person. Who even knows? Yeah. Well, I, I guess it, it potentially related to there's keys involved. So it's probably related to whoever gets her the place she's at at the end of the episode. I mean, unless it's some total misdirect, like she's actually talking to Null Khan right now or something. I don't know. Um, maybe. I don't know. But I, I just, you know, <laughs> there's that same like realtor to all the evil people mm-hmm. in Rosewood who just hands out apartment keys and they're all to like room A. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, they want me to retitle every apartment to A. Um, yeah, so then we're... We're coming to the rally hallway. It's light outside. It looks like maybe it's the early morning. Hannah's like knocking on the door to the room. It's Caleb. He's hacking away that one time Patty found. He gets up, walks the door, opens it to find Hannah there. Uh, this top that she's wearing, it's it's how did you describe that? Black. It's uh, got like an earth tone pattern up top. It's one of those ones that like hangs off the side of your shoulders. Not exactly like uh, doing dirt gear. Uh, I mean, I think we can guess she wore this for Caleb. It's like hippie-ish earth mother gone girl fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Caleb gets up to answer the door and Hannah's like, hey. And Caleb's just like, hey. And Hannah says, um, I'm just stopping by to tell you that I'm gonna be off the grid for a couple days. And Caleb's just like, why? What's going on? And Hannah says, I'm going to New York. I have to do some legwork for the design business Lucas and I are building. And he's like, Do you want me to go with you? And Hannah says, No, thanks. And he's like, I mean, it's no trouble. This room's getting kind of old, actually. It smells like balls. My balls. And Hannah says, Caleb, I'll be fine. And she's kind of smiling. She's happy that he offered. And he's just like, okay. And he's like unconvinced. And then it starts to get awkward. And he's like, um, where are you going to stay? And Hannah says, I don't know yet. Anyways, uh, I got to go. He's like, well, have a safe trip, I guess. She nods and she slowly walks off. And behind her, we see Caleb kind of edges out of the room watching her go. Hannah makes it about 10 paces before she stops and comes rushing back. The music's kicked in on the soundtrack. Yeah, she's got to give him a big old unrestrained hug, just like full of feeling like she's relieved. Caleb is definitely her safe place to land here. Mm-hmm. And after a moment, they kind of pull apart, look each other in the eyes. He's rubbing her shoulder. He's caressing her face. They're so close to kissing Hashtag Halo, but Hannah can't do it. She breaks away and runs off in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And Caleb just watches her go, disappointed. And then a daydream by Ruel begins to play us into a montage here. Yeah. I mean, I think Hannah, she had to leave. Like, if she kisses him, she's not leaving the room. Right. So we cut to a car trunk where Arya is throwing Ezra's dead body into it. <laughs> just kidding. That's my happy ending. Uh, she's helping Ezra. Like, that was a good idea, Victunia. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. I was going to do that anyway, Pictunia. Uh, she's helping with his bag in front of the airport. We can hear the intercom in the background talking about luggage, leaving items unattended. Uh, Ezra hefts his bag, does one last poor me sigh before looking at Aria. And he's like, Aria, how, how do you do it? Is that how you do it? Aria? Uh, Aria? I just feel like I need to take a safety pin and just like poke myself in the leg. As you I, you as need I, to do the uh, Joey Tribbiani technique. Is it involved something or you like sit on your balls? No, it's like it's like uh, you like poke your balls like through your pocket while you're acting. Oh, yeah. right, right, okay. Yeah, I was thinking at first of just the him and Gary Oldman like spinning each other's face. <laughs> Imagine if that's how how Ezra talked to each yeah. other. Uh, so he she cuts to the finish here and like gives him a supportive hug, urges him on. She's like, "Go." Uh, she starts to walk off and he stops like he's trying to upstage Caleb or something. Um, well, he does the same move. He does the, the Hannah move from the scene before. He's like, I'm going to walk off. I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn back. Take that, Caleb. Uh, 
Ari's outfit, by the way, she's got like this weird white Sailor Moon top on with like a black jacket over it and some very bright red pants. These are eight right. colors. Yeah. Um, this is someone pointed out this is also the last one there that shot at the end of season four when he'd been shot and just wanted to admire the sunrise. Okay. Um, yeah, so Ezra stops back, gives her a big impassioned kiss. Uh, they kiss her a bit. Arya's eyes drift open during those last few smooches. Like, there's something between them now, something foreign. Well, and it's just like the way Ian Harding is playing Ezra here. It's as though he's playing Ezra as though Ezra thinks he's the star of his own show. Yeah. You know? Like, you're just, you're just an SO on PLL. Uh, but, like, it just perfectly captures Ezra's, like, self-centeredness. Well, and I, I like that has to be a choice. I don't think it's an accident. Here's here's how the relationships go on PLO. When they're good, the the significant other makes the liar better, mm-hmm. but also understands that the the primary thing is the liar needs needs the girlfriends, needs the friends to kind of you know develop and do things with. And that's that's a good significant other. Whenever there's an issue, the significant other disappears. <laughs> Ezra has left her so many times and like doesn't give her answers because he has to fucking work on some shit. Caleb goes and apparently goes camping like a hobo. Uh, Toby disappears and becomes A. Yeah. I mean, part of that's just a casting budget, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, th- again, uh, left her own devices. Like, he'll leave her, you know, and left her own devices. Arya will somehow go even crazier again. Um, yeah, so... Uh, not fully romantic here. He leaves. She watches him go, anxious for that uncertain tomorrow. Uh, the longer she watches, the closer she gets to tears when she's holding them back, big breaths. Well, like, it, you really hold on her face here. She's taking big breaths. You know, she's trying to process. She's really fighting the tears. I mean, it's really good work by Lucy Hale here. Like, she gets very close to crying, but, like, reins it in. Uh, and you get this long, extended moment with her. Um, I feel like she, she also seems to find a new layer for Arya in moments like these. Yeah. Somehow, I mean, she's doing human's work. Uh, by the way, in the background of this whole scene, there's just this like cabbie leaning against his car, reading the newspaper behind Arya. Mm-hmm. Do you think this guy's anything? I don't know. It just it was, when I watched this, he like stood out to me. Like I kept watching him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would love for him to be like a private eye or something. Obviously, it's Ren. It's Ren. He's in the background and he's A. There you go, Renser. There you go. So. The uh, uh, lyrics of the song right now, by the way, are I am caught up in a daydream that nothing nothing that could wake me now. Yeah. So, and then the once, ag- re- once again, Ezria has the uh, dissonant music playing. Well, and the repeated line of this song that's uh, doing this montage will be what more could a girl want? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Cut it comes to, to Ezra, much more. Uh, Cut to the brew. We see uh, some of Ezra's white candles are getting repurposed as brew decorations there. Uh, Sabrina's taking a swig of beer. She's sitting on a couch with Emily. It's like after hours, got to play some cells. It was Sabrina just like looking at the line item budget and just being like, wow, our candle budget really went through the roof. And Ezra's just like, I don't want to talk about it. It's a tax write off. <laughs> and Sabrina says, So, did you learn anything else about that job? And Emily's like, oh, Pay's not bad. And can't really hear the rest because the uh, camera pulls back to let them have this moment to themselves and pull all the way back through the window to reveal, oh, somebody's watching them. Who could it be? It's Paige. Paige kind of turns away from the window, pursing her lips, doesn't seem too happy. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, cut to Paige knocking over all the trash cans in Rosewood. You're getting fucked up tonight. So this is what makes me think Paige is back for more than just a job. Okay. Um, I, I think she has you know ulterior motives. I guess we'll see because she's going to be in more episodes. 
Uh, Wouldn't you have to to come back to Rosewood? Yeah, really. <laughs> and you know, Emily, you uh, you get either no girlfriends or you get three girlfriends in one episode. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so back I mean, to, we, we can all relate. Um, yeah. Back to a darkened Casa Ezra here. Right now, it's just Casa Arya. Uh, pan over to see Arya. She's sitting curled up, very tiny in a chair. She's next to a reading lamp. She's got a blanket over her shoulders. And after a while, she kind of gets up and drops a blanket, walks over. We really see those red, crazy red pants she's wearing. She walks over to the couch where uh, there's something frilly and sparkly lying there. It's her wedding dress. And it's lying on the couch. We see the top is all like bejeweled sparkles, uh, no sleeves, not much back. Uh, the bottom's all like loose, frilly, gauzy lace. Uh, this is definitely an Arya dress. Um, Arya's like running her hand over the dress, you know, kind of feeling the jewels. And then she very sadly zips up the garment bag that it's in. You know, it's funny you said that because if anything, I've shown myself over the course of this podcast to be just a horrible, horrible uh, reactor to fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Denitha screams Hannah dress. It is also a Hannah dress. Yeah. Like oh, she wore so something Arya. similar to prom. So I think yeah, that's probably yeah. where we're getting that. Yeah. Um. But then, fingers crossed, Ari never wears it, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then most curiously, yes. But the sad thing is that I would rather have to watch Ezria get married than like Spoby. Would you? I don't know. Man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a losing fight either way. Whoever wins, we all lose. Yeah, so uh, over to Spencer's barn where she's uh, looking through a photo album titled Family Memories. Uh, inside, we see some photos of younger Spencer. There's like a high school portrait, field hockey photo. She's like alone by herself. She's got her hair up. She's wearing a cardigan sweater. She's, she's like, dressed like old Spencer but with an Allison Hendricks hair. Yes. And uh, she's leafing through photos. She's smiling to herself with these memories. And we see some like younger shots. Like there's one of like young Spencer hugging like a young Bond girl. I mean, they couldn't be more than a few years old. Uh, you see a nice shot of Peter and Veronica there. Spencer kind of rubs her thumb over her dad's face. Uh, then the next page has like some baby shots, which I don't know. They're babies. Who knows what, you know. If I don't, I don't know if you could really glean anything from those photos of babies, like they're the same ones or not. Um, yeah, so she's just, uh, she looks up suddenly. She's kind of like, you can see like gears turning behind her eyes. Like she's pondering a new thought perhaps. I mean, obviously strongly hinting that like Spencer could be the adopted child here. Right. Um, I mean, maybe, I she, episode, maybe she's already thought of this herself, which is why she's looking at these photos. Yeah. I think the episode is trying to give you the feeling that it could be either Spencer or it could be Hannah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, this is like very strongly like it's Spencer here. So I guess we shall see. I mean, what like the thing I wanted to, to read into the Grunewald thing, when she talked about there, there's darkness close to you and Caleb. Mm-hmm. I thought like, what if it's Caleb? Yeah. What what if he's the darkness? Because um, obviously, when you're you a can't look out the darkness. Yeah, when you're a shitty boyfriend, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from being an a. Yeah. Um, yeah. So finally, when we cut to black boot heels dropping a black duffel bag on the floor of a dark room, it's Hannah, and she leans down and zips the bag. She's in a black clothes, black hoodie now, got her tactical gear on. She pulls out a roll of duct tape from a bag, sits on a crate of some newspaper. Then the music plays. She uses that tape to start like. Uh, like newspapering up and block out the window, uh, looking out for a mysterious femme fatale Hannah Gaze for a moment before she puts that last paper into place and scene. Yeah, very moody with the music playing. She's like slowly blocking out the window. We get that last final shot of her looking out 
and then closes that gap too. Whatever she's doing, it's something weird. And it's, awesome. It's something where she's got to like, no one can see inside her like rented room or whatever the fuck. I don't know. What Dude. What do you think Hannah's up to? Something awesome. So she's seemingly, according to the preview, going to be meeting with Noel Khan, and like not like in a totally threatening way, it seems like. Is she just going to like murder Noel Khan in the next episode, like bury him too? That'd be interesting. I mean, I'm going to, I'm picturing something pseudo similar to like that, uh, that Homeland episode in season one where she like sits down Brody and gets the truth or what she thinks is the truth. Cause it seems like that would be, it seems like this would be the episode where no Khan explains himself. That would be the wrath of Khan. Mm, okay. Which God, I love that title. Spoiler for next week. You're going to hear me go on and on about how much I love that title. The wrath of Khan. Yeah. Uh, so that was this episode. Did you want to talk at all about the seven ten synopsis that uh, was released? Sure. So the synopsis says the liars face off with their enemies in a chaotic fight that ends fatally. Mm. One of the PLLs learns a secret about her past that changes everything, while another liar discovers something about her future that could alter her course forever. And everyone is assuming, like, someone dies, someone finds out that they're, you know, Mary's baby, and somebody's pregnant, I think, or that's how that's getting interpreted, that, you know, alter your future is the pregnancy one. I feel like it's just like, Every time you see somebody throw up on the show, suddenly it's just like they could be pregnant. Um, the other altering of future could just be like Nicole is back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Learns a secret about her past that changes everything. Do you think Toby's going to die? Do I need to make a Toby video? Why do you get the impression that Toby's going to die? It's questionable whether or not he's actually been filming any scenes lately. Is or that he, he's just like showing up to hang out on set. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Um. So right now, like Troyan's directing her episode, mm-hmm. and I was fascinated. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating process. I think it's going to be. She has a perspective that no other director can bring to the show. Mm-hmm. Not even Chad Lowe, um, the maestro. But, like, she made a comment where she's talking about something with the crew today that she's in a lot of the, a lot of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting because, I mean, you would have thought that they would write an episode where you have a little less Troyan, you know, so that she can do focus on directing. But uh, I don't know. I, I, completely separate from what you're talking about. That just fascinates me. Um, it's a lot of well, she is a star. <laughs> she is a star. I know that there was a photo that she had posted from the barn set focusing on the bedroom. And the framed photo of the little Goya dog is there by the bed. Mm, interesting. Um, I mean, for all we know. Well, I mean, you know, Toby's dead. Caleb's in the hospital for testicular cancer. Cancer, you know, it's a stark time. So would you have like Tyler Blackburn like shave his head? Yes. And then like you come back two days later and you're like, actually, Tyler, we decided not to go in that direction. <laughs> shave your head, like lose 40 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you go real method. Do some Christian Bale shit. Um, so I, I do not necessarily get that vibe that Toby is dead. <laughs> okay. Well, I might start cutting a video soon. I mean, I definitely know what song I'll use. What song? Oh, it's a secret. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that I mean, was, let me ask you this. So if you cut a Toby video, 
is it all like in the song? Like if it ends up being that he doesn't die, could you just put another song on top of it and release the same video? <laughs> it's, I think I think the song you have you cut to to rhythm. So yeah, we'll see. As as always, if he doesn't die, I'll just release it later. Um, yeah, that that was X's and OMGs next week. The Wrath of Khan, which is written by Janelle Lennon, directed by the maestro Chad Lowe. Yes, uh, got a few reviews in iTunes. In the U.S., we got a review from Mrs. Marco Sparks. Hmm, interesting. What? That was the name of their their screen name. Oh wow, I feel so bad. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you poor thing. <laughs> uh, also got a review from Serene and Strange. Uh, in Germany, we got. Jesse are you sure that's not Mrs. Marco Sparks? <laughs> Maybe they all are. Uh, in Germany, we got Jesse Pong. In the UK, we got Sully74. And in New Zealand, we got Maddie Jor. Uh, thanks for that. Always appreciate getting reviews on iTunes. We read them, we like them. Uh, we've gotten 234 of them. That is nuts. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, our Twitter is at broswatchpll2. And our website page is broswatchpll2.com. Got anything else? No, just uh, looking forward to the next two episodes. All right. Well, we'll be back next week for The Wrath of Khan. Bye-bye.